Hey, this is Louis Ozoa. You're catching me on Below the Belt. Thanks for having me. And I'm on Hunters, which is on Amazon Prime only. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of PTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure, guys. This is a special Thursday recording of BTB, as everybody loves St. Patrick's Day. Had to celebrate the... uh, the, the day of St. Patrick, which includes lots of heavy drinking, but I didn't really do so much heavy drinking, but drinking nonetheless. Um, but nonetheless, um, we thought we would record on the day after St. Patty's Day. So here we are, guys. And let's go ahead and introduce the jolly panel, if you will, mm-hmm. on St. Patty's Day oh, yeah, special episode, <laughs> starting with... One of the amazing recurring BTB co-hosts for quite some time. She's a voice actress extraordinaire, an actress extraordinaire, and a great mom. The wonderful, the talented, the adorable one, Allie Dash. Hi. Glad to be back. I want to know where everyone's green is. I wore my green. Oh, my God. For St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Oh, man. I completely forgot <laughs> Patrick's Day. I, I I I was the one that said to wear green. Yes. Oh my God. Well, I wear you know my what? green. I'm gonna fix that. I'm gonna fix that at the break. At the break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally forgot about that, man. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Anyways, Ali Dash. Well, it is. We have so that, that's completely out of place. Okay. Ali, it's good to have you back on BTV. Thanks. Always good to be on here. And you might have heard the voice. Looming in the background, guys. He is a Sith Lord. He is actor extraordinaire at six foot seven inches. The giant, the one and the only Paul Wallace joining us. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> but I'm using an auction today because it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you are our first. Guest co-host that's actually driving while doing the show at the same time. You're a multitasker. Yeah, I am a multitasker. <laughs> well, we're glad you can have you on Below the Belt. This is the first for us. Good thing I'm not doing a stunt driving today because, I mean, that's even more multitasking. But that's we, something. We, we did have a guest that was being driven while being interviewed. 
She was on her way to the oh, airport. Cool. But you're actually driving a car while talking to us here on the Below the Belt show. So eyes on the road. Us to be the cause of anything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Drive safely, of course. And uh, right, thank you. <laughs> and also joining us here on Below the Belt show, guys. He is a filmmaker extraordinaire, screenwriter, editor. He does it all, guys. He's a YouTube sensation now. He's got his own uh, YouTube <laughs> show called Indie Chat with James Burbrick. Yeah. He's one and only James Burbrick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Glad to be back on the show. <laughs> James, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Glad um, I reached out. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. You would asked about my Spanish-speaking skills, and uh, right. I was like, yeah. claro que sí, yo hablo español. And I was like, you know what, you haven't had you on the show in a while, so... Uh, yes, so there it is. Uh, well, let's play catch up with a lot of people on the panel because um, mm-hmm. we haven't talked to a few people on the panel in quite a minute. Let's start with you, James. Uh, okay. So you always have the wheels turning when it comes to yeah. producing your own projects and films. Yeah. What is the latest with uh, James Burbrook Films? Right now, I've just been doing a lot of reading and writing of scripts and uh, reworking some old scripts. Learned a lot. I've read 10 books in the last six months on script writing and read a dozen uh, screenplays. So it's kind of like got everything right now in my head. I've seen where I've like kind of like need to make changes and I'm like, wait, this is a way better script now and I'm working with a few other writers as well. Yeah, I've gotten, I've read some other people's stuff and it's looking good. And then I just co-wrote my first uh, pilot for a series we're trying to get together with uh, Shanisa, if you know her, Shanisa Dixon, uh, Dixon, yeah, she's friends of mine and she's been in a couple of my short films as well. We're actually doing a sequel to a short film we did last year, which is called Mrs. Birdie and S. So that'll be the next project I start, which will awesome. be summer sometime. And then we're all, I'm also doing a, my first bilingual film. And that's why I reached out to you for your Spanish speaking skills. Muchas gracias, Senor Beverick. James, you mentioned, you alluded to something that you learned in these uh, books that yeah. you didn't apply previously. Right. What, what did you learn that you I want to apply? learned about uh, like structure and like proper structuring of a screenplay, like timing of everything. I read all the Save the Cat series by Blake Snyder and his underlings to kind of learn from him and then extended on that series and now I'm reading a lot of Sid Fields who's uh started out a long time ago in Hollywood but both these guys have passed away but he read over 3,000 scripts because he was originally a reader which is kind of what I found out now is the gateway into getting into these studios is the first person your script will see is a reader so you've got to like make it stand out and I've learned all that now so hopefully next time you see my script you're like whoa this is gotten a lot better now. all right awesome. yeah awesome well hey yeah. man you know you did your homework it seems. yeah, yeah that's, that's the key to this game just keep working and yeah improving right yeah making those connections now i'm gonna once everything kind of gets safe to go out and about and get we start opening up yeah. and going to the production alliance meetings and anything else yeah i gotta make those connections again Yep. Awesome. Speaking of things getting safe, just received my first COVID-19 vaccine shot. Oh, this week. This week, yes. Yeah. Got in through the media loophole, uh, ah. so to speak. So, uh, 
um, <laughs> happy to ha- be one more uh, step closer to safety, guys. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so so really stoked about that. But let's move on to the one and only Darth, the the Sith Lord, if you will. Um, yep. Paul Wallace. How are you, actor <laughs> Paul Wallace? Announce. I'm doing okay. I mean, just driving on the road, of course. But uh, <laughs> tell I us filmed about, a couple things. Uh, yeah. What's the latest what? you've done uh, acting wise? Um. The latest is coming out. I mean, I'm in the TV. I'm in, I guess it's a TV movie now. It was it's Cherry starring Tom Holland. Um, oh, I was, nice. I, did driving. Oh, I want to see that. I did a lot of driving on that, and I also um, did some. I was played a cowboy going to the bank. So I had a small, small role, but I mean, I was on set every day just driving. Awesome. I think I talked last year about when I was filming it, but that's that was filmed up. That's right. It's, it's awesome. finally, it's finally, when is Cherry getting released? It's coming up soon, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's soon. I, I also worked on like in Ohio at the same time. I also did drove some like 1960s cars on a, a movie that was called Jesus Was My Homeboy, but now it's uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Ah. So yeah, I didn't actually, I mean, I might've been like background or something on that, but I mean, I really didn't get seen much. I was mainly inside the cars. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and you're you, you're still busy auditioning. Looks like you're helping some colleagues with with some. Yeah, I'm helping. Uh, yeah, I'm helping people with uh, some filming scenes. Uh, that's where I'm coming from today. Uh, uh, they wanted to film a scene and they needed a scene partner, so I drove all the way up to Philadelphia to help them out. Wow. That's wow. Always, you always just try to help people that's out. That's very so. commendable, helping your fellow mm-hmm. actor out. Mm-hmm. You might not. You might be more Jedi than Sith, based on those <laughs> yeah. mental. And the blacks. <laughs> I'm more into black. I don't. I don't like like tan robes. So okay. <laughs> and of, of course we we got to ask about Miss Allie Dash. What's the latest in the voiceover world, Allie? I actually have a voiceover spot that I'm gonna have to record after the show. Okay. Right. Anything that we can hear or see uh, coming up? Um. So it's kind of I've. It's funny because like I do so many different ones for so many different um, like news companies and uh, and they have their advertisers and things like that. So I never usually hear my stuff like because it's usually in different states. Um, And so I've been scoping out all my voiceover spots, um, found quite a few. Um, and and but, the client that hires you, they sometimes don't send you the footage or the link. Oh, and they never send me the footage. They never do, um, right? So, so you you're on the hunt for yourself, basically. Yes. Right. Uh, see. Okay. Well, that's, that's the thing. We, we hope you find um, uh, a lot of your stuff, Allie, because you're very right. talented at what you yeah. do. And to me, you're real and uh, very, very talented. Very, very talented voice you? actress. Mm-hmm. And actress as well. Um, but guys lots of stuff going on in the world of entertainment guys so let's let's just go right into it guys um um, let's start with the oscars all right so Mm -hmm. um the nominations were announced last week Mm -hmm. um and uh this is the 93rd oscars guys and uh and the thing about a lot of these films um they're available for people to see on netflix because Mm-hmm. A lot of movies have been moving to streaming right. because, you know, limited movie theater um, attendees now, you know, with mm-hmm. the pandemic. But I mean, Netflix uh, leads with 35 nominations total, mm-hmm. uh, beating its previous record of 24 mm-hmm. last year in 2020. Yeah. Um, this is when the Irishman and Marriage Story were nominated last year. Yeah. But now they have Mank, 
Mm-hmm. Um, David Fincher's Mank, which is a black and white ode to Hollywood about um, the making of Citizen Kane. And then we have The Trial of Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen stars it as um, a supporting actor uh, as Abby Hoffman for um, a script by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ma Rain is Black Bottom, which is sadly Chadwick Boseman's swan song. Um, he's uh, had sadly uh, left us uh, last mm-hmm. year, and everyone was shocked when that happened. So that is his final film. Um, so um, Netflix, you know, dominated the nominations. It was also great for minority actors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm a big Walking Dead fan, as you know, and Stephen Yoon, Glenn from Walking Dead, mm-hmm. became the first Asian-American actor to receive a Best Actor nomination. In 93, oh, in 93 years yeah. that the Oscars have been a- around, there's never been an Asian <laughs> actor nominee. Can you believe that, guys? That's crazy. I can't believe that at all. That's, that, that's not. And, and what's crazy is that Parasite last year was nominated for so many awards, mm-hmm. but yet none of the actors were nominated for actors. Mm-hmm. You know, as as nominated actors, none of the actors were nominated. Just right. just the film itself and and uh, the, the director, I believe, um, who actually won. Mm-hmm. But there's never been an Asian American actor until now. So, um, Stephen Yoon, you know, um, you know, I'd love for him to win. I'd love Chadwick Boseman to win because he's, mm. you know. He's no longer with us, and that that was his final opportunity to win an Oscar, right. um, post posthumous, um, sadly. But not only first Asian American actor Riz Ahmed um, nominated mm-hmm. for his role in The Sound of Metal, the first Muslim actor. Um, I found that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. First Muslim actor to be nominated in the Best Actor category as well. Yeah. So that's um. You know, a lot of lot of surprising ones there. You know, so a lot of firsts this year. Yeah, a lot of first nominations this year. Um, and uh, you know, um, you know, represents representation really does matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of yeah. women are being nominated this year, which is great. In fact, seventy women uh, received mm-hmm. a total of seventy six nominations. Um, right. Emerald Fennel um, for Promising Young Woman and Carrie Mulligan. Chloe Zhao um, was nominated for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fantastic, but just going over some of the nominees for best picture, um, the father, um, Judas and the black Messiah, which I Mank. worked on mm-hmm. Judas and the black Messiah you worked on. Yeah. I told you, I just, I was a driver yeah. on, it was yeah. originally called Jesus is my homeboy. When we were oh, family. wow. Awesome. Yeah. I was man. a driver. I drove 1960s cars on that. Would you would you say that Judas and the Black Messiah is capable of winning Best Picture? Um, it was they were real authentic on the most of the costumes and the, I mean I I didn't I only worked a few days on it so I'm not sure because I went okay. right from there to Detroit so um, I think it has a good chance I mean it seemed like it was the, what I saw looked good. Cool. Of course, we mentioned Mank earlier, the David Fincher um, film based on Citizen Kane, Minari, which is Stephen Yoon's film, Nomadland. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial Chicago 7. So mm-hmm. those are the best picture nominees. Um, and then, of course, we'll uh, talk about a few more. Um, actor in a leading role, where we already mentioned that Chadwick Boseman, Riz Ahmed, mm-hmm. and um, 
Stephen Yoon were nominated, but um, also in that category includes Anthony Hopkins for The Father and Gary has, Oldman. Has Hopkins won one yet? I mean, I know he was nominated before. I just wasn't sure if he actually won. I, I believe he won Best Supporting Actor for Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I knew he was, as I said, I knew he was nominated. I just wasn't positive if he won or not. I think he, he won that. He deserves one at least. Yeah, I think he won that. In fact, um, Anthony Hopkins is the oldest Best Actor nominee at wow. 83 years Another old. Other first. <laughs> yeah. 83 years old. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, into something. yeah. And then, of course, we have the actresses in a leading role. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's. Andra Day, United States versus Billie Holiday, which she won the Golden Globe for. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. And uh, Best Director includes Thomas Vintenberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung Minari, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman. So. Mm. There's you know other categories, but we don't go over yeah. the, the big ones. Right. Um, but um, you I'll know, uh, best helicopter. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of a different Oscars uh, this year, obviously due to the pandemic. Um, basically, it's going to be spaced between the Dolby Theater in LA mm-hmm. and Union Station downtown LA. Um, and only attending will be the nominees, their guests and presenters. So members of the Recording Academy, other celebrities that are not nominated will be there. Um, they have to keep, you know, yeah. the, the audience as small as possible, you know, due to everything going on, I, I believe. So, um, but uh, let's um, talk about uh, other movie stuff going on, guys. So mm-hmm. as more and more theaters are opening up, um, Los Angeles was was the, I guess, one of the last major cities to open their theaters, and they're like the entertainment capital of the world, which is kind of ironic, right? Because <laughs> they had, ever they had, seems like. well, yeah, they had co- quite a uh, COVID scare, and then they were mm. uh, considered the, um, yeah, the center of the epidemic um, after New York was earlier in the year uh, of 2020, but on March March 10th last week, movie theaters were able to reopen at 25 percent capacity. That's cool. So, um, you know, and a lot of the venues in, in L.A. Um, are starting to open up as well, like museums and, and um, theme parks. Here, Disneyland's going to reopen as well. So with the movie theaters, I mean, it's unless it's like Star Wars or something huge. A lot of times it doesn't sell and there's always room to do the proper spacing, I think. I mean, so, I mean, I, I felt wrong when they were closing the movie theaters down. I mean, because really? they're, they're so big. You could easily space people apart because it's no movies really sell out anymore like it used to. I mean, like, well, you have to like like if it was Avengers or Star Wars. I mean, or like yeah. Twilight, you really don't have crazy sellouts. So all they have to do is just sell less tickets. They should have been open the entire time. That's just my opinion on it. I mean, I mean that, whether... that's a, that's a fair and, and uh, opinion, obviously, but um, and. Of course, you're not being forced to go. You're your you're free yeah. will. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but I guess they, at the time the pandemic, you know, broke. Uh, I guess every precaution no, was everybody made. was being careful. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, things are still. We got some light at the end of the tunnel, guys. You know, vaccines mm-hmm. are starting to come out. Let's uh, 
let's get back to rocking and rolling like you know back yeah. to what we're used to guys so, right. um, i mean it sucks wearing masks on set that's the worst thing take a mask yeah. off film scene put the mask back on yep yeah. And you know what? I think working on a film set is probably one of the safest jobs you can do right now because they test you and they require masks. They enforce mask wearing. They have other, other places, other places of employment, like if you're working in a restaurant industry oh. or if you're working in an office or anywhere else, you know, they're not testing you every day, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, film and television, well, I mean, they're testing. You said you so. worked on Al. Um, did they actually have different zones set up too? Like people who were tested and people who weren't tested were, weren't allowed to cross the zones? Because when I worked on uh, Mayor of Easttown, that's how they had it set up. Every production I've worked on had people that were tested. So I, okay, I well, they had I people tested, but as I said, like they had people tested once a week and they had people tested every day. The people tested every day were in like this green zone. The other people were in like a yellow and red zone and they, they weren't allowed to cross into hmm. the green zone. Okay. Yeah, I think they're doing that for really big scenes where with lots okay. of. That, so yeah, the one scene I think I worked yeah. on. Big, so, but I just thought I wasn't sure. If everything yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But you know, uh, up upcoming films, guys, uh, to look forward to. They just dropped a new Cruella trailer with Emma mm-hmm. Stone. Um, this is a prequel before she became the evil villain in 101 Dalmatians. Love Emma Stone. I thought the trailer was fantastic. Yeah. Um. Something to look forward to. Um, now, the Venom movie apparently has been moved. Um, apparently, it was supposed to come out this summer in June, but now it's getting pushed to September 17th. Um, and, of course, it has a subtitle, Let There Be Carnage. And mm-hmm. that's all about the other symbiote uh, villain called Carnage. Um, oh, that's Woody be... Harrelson looked really good at the end of the last Venom movie. Yeah, so that's right. Woody Harrelson. Um, will be in it. Um, and Kevin Hart will be in the sequel. Really? Yeah. That's an. I, I. What's he? Oh, you know I'm reading this wrong, guys. I apologize. <laughs> I was like, what did Kevin Hart be in? <laughs> that uh, Sony actually pulled a, another film, not okay. because they also own another film called Man from Toronto, uh-huh. an action comedy with Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's another Woody Harrelson film. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart in a Marvel movie, I'll just, I'll just be laughing the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> so you know, Maybe. I had, to, I had to risk the movie theater. Uh, well, not really risk it, but it, it, I could either pay, I could either pay thirty on Disney Plus, or I could go to the theater and watch Ryan the Last Dragon. You I know, want to see that so bad. Uh, and loved it. It's the number one movie still, guys. Uh, we talked mm. a little bit yeah. about it last week, but. Um, a fantastic film, Ali. You'll love it. The kids will love awesome. it. Um, highly recommend it, guys. Um, Tom and Jerry, the number two movie, which you can catch on HBO Max. So yeah. why? See, the thing is, you can, yeah, if I can see it for free on HBO Max, or I can go to theaters, I'm gonna watch it at home for that one. Right. <laughs> uh, Chaos Walking, Tom Holland, your boy, uh, Paul, uh, and <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Okay. Who we talked uh, we talked a little bit about this movie last week. Chachi said it was it, very is that underwhelming. The one that was, like put back for like years, like they started. Yes, out. it was on the shelf for years. Wow. I have been waiting for that because I'm a huge fan of the books, and so okay. since mm. I read them in 2015 when they yeah. announced they were going to be making the movie, and so like from 2015 until now, like is crazy. Mm. I was so excited, but then like but then now you heard I'm the like, bad yeah. So I'm a little uh. Yeah, it's nervous to see it. Well, about hearing voices in your head and things like that. 
um, as Chachi mm. alluded to on last week's show. Yeah, the books um, are amazing. Books are amazing. So there's a case phenomenal. of the book being mm-hmm. better than the movie, then, right? Uh, fourth place was Boogie, the R-rated coming-of-age drama. And The Croods, can you believe The, the Croods has been in the top five movies for over 16 weeks? Wow. That's because there's no new movies. There's <laughs> barely any movies I coming mean, into the box office. Is that better than Wonder Woman? Because Wonder Woman, I think, came out around the same time. Wonder Woman's no longer in the top uh, top five. I mean, and now... No, I mean, but they both came out by the same time. I'm just surprised the Croods. Yeah. Whole... Croods did better than Wonder Woman as far as the box mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, still need a... I didn't know they were going to be taking it off of. I was like, oh, I'll have time to watch the full yeah, movie. Yeah, so the same with the, um, same with Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. You have limited time to watch the blockbusters on HBO Max, and then they remove them. So, oh, okay. just a heads up for people that think it's going to be on HBO Max forever. It won't, sadly. Mm-hmm. I think it will return eventually. Just going to do that initial hype, have it in. Yeah, when it comes back to video, I guess they would just put ex- it back on. So. They'll put it back on exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. Apparently, um, Avatar is back to being the number one movie of all time. Apparently, Avengers Endgame was the number one movie of all time. But then they re-released Avatar at China's box office <laughs> last weekend. And so James Cameron's always wants to that, I guess. Always wants to keep you Avatar. You know what? If I was Marvel, I would re-release Avengers to, to counter Avatar. See what happens there. Well, I think that's why Avengers Endgame was... was took the lead for so long because they had that release in China yeah. for so mm-hmm. long now. And then now Avatar, you know, decided to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Marvel movies, guys, Kevin Feige is shooting down a report that Chris Evans is in talks to reprise his role as Captain America. We mentioned this on the show. It wasn't confirmed, but everybody was happy to to, to read that news because everybody loved Chris Evans as uh, Captain mm-hmm. America. But apparently... Uh, it sounded um, like he, he's like shooting that. Kind of miserable about playing Captain America because people don't realize that keeping that kind of shape, you don't yeah. need anything, and you have to work out like nonstop. Because I've done exactly. it, before, but it's just not. It's just unattainable for a long time, and it, it gets to be miserable. So I, I can see why he doesn't want to do it. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Sizing well, they initially, they initially, uh, they initially thought he was coming back to do it, and now they're Kevin Feige is shooting that down. <laughs> In fact. Uh, Chris Evans um, tweeted, quote, news to me uh, about hearing uh, that he was returning as as Captain America. So I guess that makes it official. Yeah. Make that makes it official for now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The Batman with Robert Pattinson uh, officially wrapped production. Um, Director Matt Reeves made the announcement on um, on a social media. did they say anything about the other Batmans maybe making cameos in that? Or is it just going to all be that, a separate thing? The, they're going to save those Batman cameos for the Flash movie. Yeah, because it sounded like they were all making the, it in the Flash. Yeah, the, I wasn't sure if they were going to cross over. Like, is, is he going, so, to, going to cross over into Flash too or no? No, I think they're going to keep Affleck for now um, as the DCEU Batman. Okay. Then this other batman with robert pattinson is a completely different alternate universe that's what i'm been read and what i've been told and what about the other batman we have another batman (laughs) who's the other batman you didn't hear about michael keaton oh michael keaton Keaton. well he's the the og the original batman yeah Yeah, he's he's going to be making an appearance in um flashpoint which is the flash movie okay because the the rumor was he was going to replace affleck but i don't know if that's true or not 
Um, I mean, you it, don't know either, but I mean, well, I mean, it, it's see the thing about the Flashpoint storyline, they they could decide between Keaton or Affleck which Batman they want to keep, you know, um, because the storyline is basically several different multiverses going on at the yep. same time. And mm-hmm. The Flash has the choice to to um, make one of because um, he has the ability because he's so fast to travel in time. literally travel to right. other multiverses so it can be really interesting it can be really interesting and uh but speaking of the flash um they just cast maribel verdu as barry allen's mom in the flash um, mm. um also kirzy clemens will start opposite ezra miller um, as she was seen in the Snyder cut of Justice League, which we'll talk about very shortly, mm-hmm. but looks like she'll be reprising a role in the Flash movie, so that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and DC actually has another another DC movie they're working on called. Now this is, wasn't a very popular hero, but it was a very popular comic book. So he's not really been known on TV or film. But his name is Our Man. And I know Mike the General is yeah, yeah, I heard of him. Have you heard of Our Man? Have you really? Okay. Um, not, yeah. a, not a lot of people have heard of him. But, um, I've never heard of him. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, um, he's basically a chemist and adrenaline junkie. Mm. The ability to manifest super like strength. And he has that certain time, right? At, for about an hour, yes. He has a, yeah. a, this. So basically, yeah. I mean, if Superman had a had a one hour <laughs> limit, yeah, one hour facilities, <laughs> then uh, I mean, it's very limited superhero. If you think about it, you can only put him on the clock on Justice League for an hour, and then tell him <laughs> that he has to go home for the rest of the day. Basically, yeah. it's kind of funny, but uh, I'm curious how that translates. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, the Puss in Boots sequel. Um, <laughs> Will be in theaters in uh, uh, September 2022. Still have a Ooh. while to wait for that one yeah. coming out. They put it back that far. I thought I thought since it was animated, they could kind of like do it faster. No, you, there's a, a misconception. They think animation films take less. I, mean, I was just thinking like no animation. The animation area. can take longer than live action. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's every just frame has to be generated. Oh yeah, you're right. Right. So I think that's a big misconception. People think, oh, it's so easier to do animation. No, mm-hmm. it actually takes longer mm-hmm. because of the process of C- you, 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 especially completely CG animated films. That process is taking place over an entire two hour period of the film. When you're doing live action, you shoot the scenes and then you do your CG for the scenes that need CG only. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's quite the opposite. Um, so this one, um, we talked about Borderlands because um, the Captain Big Nick is a huge video game. He's our video game guru on the show, but uh, he's looking forward to this film. But they just cast an amazing actress named Haley Bennett. Um, she's in this movie called Swallow, which is whew, it's an edge-in-your-seat psychological thriller hmm. where she has this um, um, disorder called Pika, where you swallow things like mm. inanimate and things she does phenomenal in this film they just cast her for this borderlands film so mm. something oh, to look yeah. forward to um uh the borderlands based on of course the popular video game and they're gonna uh, have robots from borderlands too or the, yes they will uh, in fact um 
Jack Black is going to be Claptrap. Yeah. Yep. And the rest of the cast includes Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah, it's it's an ensemble cast. So should be pretty cool. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 had act, uh, added five actors to their cast. Um, one of them is uh, the Queen of the Sand Snakes, Indira Varma. Um, she was the mother of the three stand, stand snakes from Game of Thrones. Hmm. Uh, Carrie Elwes from Princess Bride is also going to be in that cast as well. Um, so a lot of names attached to uh, the upcoming uh, Mission Impossible film. Let's just hope that they all keep their masks did, on did, in between wait, did, did they add Henry Cavill's mustache? Because that has to be added to the film. <laughs> <laughs> that looked awful. But yeah, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, you know, he, he's a stickler for the mask. So mm-hmm. be careful not to, you know, not work, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, Michael B. Jordan will actually be directing Creed 3. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's the star of the first two Creed movies. He's actually going to direct the third one. Did, did you hear um, about the awesome. rumor about uh, Rocky 3? Or not Rocky 3, but next the next Rocky that's coming out, there's going to be Rocky and there's going to be a Creed movie, from what I heard. Really? Yeah, that, that sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. But yeah, I think they're going to film the Rocky one in Philadelphia, and I think they're going to film Creed in California, if I remember correctly. The third, Creed, be the third hmm. Creed would be in L.A.? That's what I heard because remember, okay. like the storyline, he moved to California. I mean, it might still film in Philadelphia, but I, I heard it, that one's going to go to California and okay. Stallone's going to do a Rocky movie. In well, Philadelphia. you got to have the Stallone steps and then the Rocky mm-hmm. movie, yeah. the next Rocky movie. That's true. but yeah, that does sound vaguely familiar. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's see. Um, and uh, superheroes doing other movies <laughs> news. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Letitia Wright, who's Shuri, uh, is going to be in a new movie um, with Josh O'Connor. And um, it's not a superhero film, but it's an upcoming Irish film called Provision. Well, that's today's episode. Yeah, it's a young African woman fleeing from persecution who ends up spending over two years in Ireland's asylum system. Interesting. And Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, will be... in a World War II film called War Magician. So he's going to be another type of magician. Yeah. <laughs> guys, typecast now. Yeah, yeah. guys, completely typecast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this goes on to Benedict Cumberbatch saying that he will not do Thrawn for a specific reason. And everybody was getting behind him being the blue-faced character from The Mandalorian, which uh, Rosario Dawson alluded to. Um mm-hmm. And Grand Admiral Thrawn was one of the most popular characters that's never had a live-action version. He's only been in, like, the animated series of Star Wars, like Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. But now, um, Benedict just pretty much said he does not want to do it. And the reason why, he says because he would have to be painted blue. Mm-hmm. And if he's sitting in a makeup chair being painted blue, the amount of time it would take just do that and then take it off at the end of the day, it's just not the right time in my life for that. And uh, mm. he wants to have precious time with his children. So uh, okay. um, so uh, I guess uh, the Lucasfilm uh, dollars are not making uh, <laughs> Benedict budge for that one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> 
But over on Disney Plus, I'm excited because they're going to start putting some of the lesser known old classics on Disney Plus that they, they avoided in the past, like the two Ewoks movies. Mm-hmm. They're going to finally. Uh, Are they going to put out the Star Wars Christmas special? So, news on that. Yeah. They're not going to put the special on, but they will put the animated feature. The debut of Boba Fett, exactly. Uh, I think they deemed the the Christmas special was so bad they didn't want to retouch that and just (laughs) it just made Star Wars look really cheesy. And I agree. I mean, it's good for a cult classic, but I think they want to keep that a cult classic and they have not a a lot of people look at it. But like, at least with the animated short with Boba Fett, never happened. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I just don't think they want to go that route for sure. but um man i i'm falcon falcon winter soldier um anyone excited for that i mean yeah. I'm, I'm already yeah, excited right. uh i was i was i thought wandavision was stellar it was phenomenal yeah. Ali, did, did amazing. You finish that? amazing there's so actually a fe- there's a featurette if, if you didn't know on disney plus the making of yeah. wandavision you get to watch that before falcon and winter soldier come out so um that's going to be really exciting uh, but yeah check out it's a New documentary style special mm-hmm. for tied viewers over until um, Falcon Winter Soldier uh, drops. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to so check that out. Something to definitely look forward to for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, also on Disney Plus, uh, Mindy Cowling joined the cast of Pixar's, Pixar's upcoming Disney Plus series, Monsters at Work. Mm. Um, and she'll be voicing. The role of Val Little, an enthusiastic member of the Monsters. So, uh-huh. yeah. So that's Disney Plus. But let's let's go on to uh, some HBO Max news, in particular the Justice League really? Snyder Cut. I watched all fabulous hours, uh-huh. all four fabulous hours today. Uh-huh. Do does anyone in the room not want to be spoiled? If so, I could do a non-spoiler review. I do not want to be spoiled. I mean, it looks good. I mean, okay. based on what so I saw in the previews. Today, I'm going to do a non-spoiler discussion of it, but next okay. week, next week's show, we'll do a more spoilery thing, just for right. the sake of the panel this week. Yes. I loved it, guys. <laughs> I loved it. All right. Zack Snyder, I mean, he was the director from the beginning for a reason. Right. Um, and um, Josh Whedon taken off due to taken over due to his family um, yeah. issue of his. It's really sad. His daughter committed suicide. She was 20 right. years old. Yeah. And um, Warner Bros. didn't want to give Zach an extension to you know step away, so they had to replace him with Josh. Of course, what you got was just two different minds yeah. putting together a film. And James, two directors doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work, right? Not unless they're from the very beginning working together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's like putting puzzle pieces that don't really right. work, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know where the other guy's head was at when he's like, let's go here or there. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing is that even though, I mean, the major plot points are there. It's all about mm-hmm. the mother boxes and because and, and, you saw, everyone saw the original 2017 film that we saw. Right. Um, The, the slight difference, um, which is not really a spoiler, but um, there's a different motivation for Steppenwolf. Right. He's trying to well, I like, win I back. I like the villain now, they... Uh, am I jumping the gun? Well, Steppenwolf is trying to win the loyalty now of Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's a, there, he's alluding to the other being, cosmic being more powerful than Steppenwolf. Right. Um, so th- that's kind of the major thing. But um, interestingly enough, 15% of the film 
supposedly is from the movie we saw. That's not much. Mm-hmm. Everything else is footage. So he had that, that much? Man, that's crazy. Well, there was a lot of footage that was, wasn't used because Joss had a wow. completely different vision. Mm. You know? So the ending was slightly different mm-hmm. um, when they battled. Because um, we all know they battled Steppenwolf, you know. The, right. And we all know that Superman uh, rises, you know, from the dead. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that part stays the same. I mean, a lot of things stay the same, but... Um, but there's there's certain character appearances that change, and the way the four um, the four hours went was it was divided into six parts, mm. and the six parts were kind of divided in a fair way. I I, I like how they, they going to do that. like a TV show and they decide not to do the TV show. I think initially, yeah, they were gonna. They, they, I think they were thinking about doing six episodes, four to six episodes of a TV show, but then they decided, no, let's just throw it all at once. Which I'm glad they did because people already know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. It's just some, some yeah. of the changes that Zach makes, which does go into spoiler Terry. There are character appearances that we didn't see mm-hmm. in the original oh, film that make their appearance in this film. And I mean, it's four hours long, so we're getting a lot of the backstory that they cut out of a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ray Fish. Complaining about that originally, wasn't he? Except we see a lot of Ray Fisher in this film, guys. Uh, they say he was like a heart story. Well, you know, it's very public knowledge that Ray Fisher and Joss Whedon butted heads, you know, and mm-hmm. Ray uh, accused Joss of abusive behavior on set. Hmm. And because of that, I think Joss took it out on Ray Fisher and cut a lot of his stuff out in the film. Yeah. And we saw so much more backstory of Ray Fisher's cyborg that we didn't see before, you know? Mm-hmm. We saw more backstory of the Flash, which that was cut out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think some stuff was added in, um, like the Iris West stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, his eventual girlfriend. And, in that point well, in the movie, they weren't together. Um, right. Then, they, you know, if you watch the Flash and CW, they, you know, we all know that Iris and you know, Barry Allen become a thing. Um, yep. But... Um, it, it it was amazing. One one uh, interesting thing it was um it was the aspect ratio where there's two black bars. Right. What is what what is the ratio number of that? Four um, by three. Is it four by three? Okay. It was a yeah. four by three ratio, and I think Zach wanted to go for that because he intended this movie to be an IMAX theater. Yes. And that's how IMAX presents their films. I mean, the thing was, it's going on HBO Max. Right. On people's televisions. Why yeah. not make it the what sixteen nine ratio, right? That's the yeah considered the standard kind of the standard ratio, right? For a TV is yeah yeah, but he went for a four by three ratio, at, which I thought was kind of uh, interesting, you know. Right. But, um, it's funny because HBO Max had server outages for the premiere. They did an exclusive uh-huh. premiere for a lot of people before yeah. they see it to, uh, today on Thursday. Right. Um, they had a bunch of server outages, so took like hours uh for uh, the film to, <laughs> to be shown there but yeah. um, but um i'll tell you man one thing i will say about this justice league movie Zack snyder said it was kind of a one and done mm-hmm. based on what i saw at the end yeah we could see more man i i no, mean okay. if it you know i mean i know he initially said he didn't want to right do anything and this is pretty much his cut of the film, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It, it left <laughs> me wanting more, guys. I, right. I, you know, I, I know he got, he wasn't well. The the, the Batman v Superman wasn't well received. 
Yeah. And Justice League, which was only a little bit of Zack Snyder, wasn't well received because Joss took over. Right. Um, Man of Steel was well received. Mm-hmm. This 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 four hour film we're getting definitely on the well received. Yeah. I would I would put that in that category. Um, I thought it was excellent. Um, and it's gotten good reviews overall. People have actually said um, positive things about about it. And mm-hmm. I think on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I haven't checked in a minute. Mm. But, um, I believe check that out really. Um, so basically, looking at Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's actually a 76% critics, but a 97% audience. Whoa. Oh, man. Wow. 97% audience awesome. for, for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Hey, Al. You don't have to watch it. Al, uh, is there like a hard like six, one, two, three, like setup to that in the movie? Just. Is there like a hard cut, like it's like a slate or something? Oh, like, like so, yes, exactly. There is. Oh, okay, good. Okay, cool. Yep. So you you, you have proper times to take breaks. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't cool. sit down for the entire four hours. Right. <laughs> um, I actually had to, you know, just break break for lunch and hit, hit the yeah. pause button. I might hit it, might hit one up tonight and watch the rest tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday. So that's birthday. Birthday. happy birthday! Happy birthday show! What the heck? <laughs> I didn't want to like throw that out there or anything, but yeah. Okay. I didn't know, man. Oh shit! Oh, happy well, birthday! We're ce- we're celebrating your birthday. <laughs> and it's St. Patrick's Day too. So the du- so when we take our commercial, well, classic cut break, yeah. we're gonna each of us gonna get a a beverage and come back. I think our. Well, if, if, if you feel like me, it, because I'm on the road. Except yeah, don't be you, celebrating like that. <laughs> no, I, I'm not drinking, so it's all good. I gotta go to work tomorrow still too. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I'll drink. Yeah. On- it's St. Yeah, Patty's Day, anyways, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about other HBO stuff going on, guys. So um, HBO is actually developing a limited series that would see Matthew McConaughey reprises role for the 1996 movie a time to kill oh, oh okay. wow so it's going to be called a time for mercy hmm. um so that'd be interesting to bring uh Matthew is it, is it based back. On the book? yes okay. it's an adaptation okay. of john grisham's a time for mercy okay so this will be an older um jake briggins which is the character that he played mm-hmm. um and it makes sense you know i mean yeah. uh Matthew McConaughey was uh, was a great actor then. He's a great a- He's still a great actor. Right. So I think it will work. You might not get him for a while if he runs for governor of Texas, like he's talking it's, about. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Or I mean, hasn't, <laughs> hasn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger done double duty and acted while he was governor of California? He might have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... So I guess it's possible. I don't yeah. Know. Why not? <laughs> They're also doing an HBO um, on HBO. They're also doing um, kind of like a an '80s biopic uh, series of the LA Lakers, and mm-hmm. Adrian Brody has been cast as Pat Riley. So this is about mm-hmm. the, the LA Lakers in the '80s. Um, you know about their you know they dominated the NBA yep. back then. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's you know I think that's 
pretty good casting there, Adrian Brody. And then, of course, they're going to have Magic Johnson play Magic Johnson because he kind of looks the same as he did. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because maybe the uh, if you're alluding to he has an age, then maybe yeah. maybe HIV is the fountain of youth. We don't know about. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy. Right. Uh, Sally Field also joining the cast. Hmm. Yeah, she'll be. Uh, uh, now, is Jack Nicholson going to make a cameo as the guy who, like, yells off the right. right. Yeah, because he was always uh, courtside, wasn't he? Right. Yep. Yep, that's absolutely correct. Yep. <laughs> also, uh, moving on to Netflix stuff, guys. we got um, a film called The Gray Man with Ryan Gosling. Hmm. It's a spy thriller um, mm-hmm. set in Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently... Um, Netflix uh, has used one of their most expensive production crews hmm. um, and um, will make use of Prague's notable shadowy corners and um, and structures, I guess. Um, yeah. Apparently, Prague is a very popular uh, place to shoot those kind of scenes. Um, was that Batman or was that filmed someplace else? The Pattinson one? I heard they were filming in Prague, but I don't don't know if that's they've done Prague, and I know they've done a lot in England. Okay, they've done quite a few, especially in their studio. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, if Mike the General Zod here, he'd know about this character uh, called Mystery Girl from Dark Horse Comics because he's our comic guru. Okay, but uh, Tiffany Haddish is going to star in this film based on the comic book, which Mm -hmm. is going directly on Netflix. So. Uh, basically, um, the story of Trené, who solves neighborhood mysteries for $50 each. Huh. Boy, that's cheap. Yeah, right? <laughs> she agrees to help a down-on-his-luck LAPD officer crack a case, and the two are framed for murder and must work together to clear their names. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of Bird Box, you're going to get another film set in the universe of bird box <laughs> okay but they're thinking what you're thinking james they're going to do a spanish version oh. of the, of the okay. bird box universe a spanish language the the film will be entirely in spanish uh, oh. but set in the bird box universe mm. uh, so huh. okay curious how that will will translate for for the general audience right there's gonna be a lot of reading involved isn't it if you don't speak spanish yeah 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 brush so, up on it yeah, expect a lot of uh, closed captioning to be turned on. I'm like, I, you know, I'll, I'll probably try to practice my Spanish and maybe try to watch it without the right. captioning. <laughs> download the Duolingo app and learn Spanish before it happens. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to brush up on it if I'm going to do a bilingual film. I'm going to have to learn. Right? A bit of... <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you I definitely have to have... Spanish. You have to have a native speaker. Uh, yeah, for sure. Every day. For right. Sure. Um, let's see. Deb Patel, remember him from uh, Slumdog Millionaire? He actually has a directorial debut on Netflix. Mm-hmm. He sold the rights for his film for $30 million mm. on Netflix. Um, it's called Monkey Man. Yeah. And uh, Dev also stars in it. Okay. Uh, so he's starring and directing in a film as an unlikely hero who emerges from prison to take on a world filled with corporate greed to seek revenge on people who took everything from him a, u- a few years prior. Mm-hmm. So, a revenge film, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and this is a, you know, at first I'm like, with some reboots, I'm like, you know, I'm like, ugh, God, why? 
But this one, you know, sounds like a reboot I, I'll be all about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called He's All That, which is a reboot of She's uh, All That. Okay. But it's oh, a gender. I okay. love that movie. Yeah, and I loved it too. But this one's going to be a gender swapped remake right. of it. Yeah. So it's going to star Addison so- Ray in her acting debut as. Paget Sawyer, she's a TikTok star, so uh, taking advantage of all those influencers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rachel Lee Cook, unfortunately, they, this movie won't tie in because she's playing a different character. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? That's weird. I, I agree. You... I, that's why I said it's a reboot. Like, ugh. So she played Lainey Boggs in the 99 original that we all loved. Yeah. And this one, she's going to be playing Mrs. Sawyer. Um, the the mother of the main girl, yeah. you know, protagonist, My, and then <laughs> and then the geek turn stud, I guess, yeah. role will be Tanner Buchanan from Cobra Kai. Ah, okay, yeah, and I love Cobra Kai, and he's a great yeah. actor, so mm-hmm. that should be pretty cool. Um, over on Netflix, we got something called Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things, mm. playing a father and son. I didn't get any work on that, Big Paul. Did you? No, I didn't either. I mean, I know a couple people who did, but that filmed up in Philly. Hmm. Oh. The trailer looks really good. If you want to check out the trailer, it's out now. Okay. Um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they basically um, play real-life Fletcher Street Cowboys. Hmm. Uh, and Caleb, who we all love from Stranger Things... This cop between a life of crime and his estranged father, mm. urban cowboy subculture in North Philadelphia. So it actually was filmed in Philadelphia. It takes place in Philadelphia. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. A um, couple other uh, TV shows to look forward to on Netflix. The Irregulars. The trailer mm-hmm. just dropped that. A dark supernatural twist on Sherlock Holmes. Um, also upcoming is a Netflix show called Players. Starring Gina Rodriguez, Damon Wayans Jr., and Tom Ellis. It's a romantic comedy. Mm. Something to look forward to. One of my favorite shows on Amazon is The Boys. Um, yes. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal show. We've got some news yeah. on the spinoff. Oh, yeah. So the, the spinoff just cast two um, actresses, Lizzie Broadway and Jazz Sinclair. So basically, these are... Um, um, Young adults, so it's going to be kind of more coming of age, mm-hmm. but but super powered, you know, Vought, um, I guess Vought, uh, I guess Vought recruits, I guess is kind of how okay. you would call it basically. Um, but exploring the lives of, you know, basically, um, basically how a coming of age soup would grow up, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what makes sense, yeah, and uh. And it's kind of cool. I like the premise. The only thing about this is that the boys actually had um, that source material to go, go off on. I just yeah. recently bought the six-volume um, graphic novel because I'm such a big oh. fan of the show. I wanted to read how the story was different from the TV show. And, mm-hmm. of course, might know about future plot points coming in. Right. This spinoff actually doesn't have, mm. doesn't have any source material, um, but it's just kind of like The Fear of the Walking Dead. You know? yeah. yeah, I like the third Walking Dead. Really, the Walking Dead actually gotten a lot better. Um, yeah, it did when the, after season three. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, I would I say season. I stopped watching. 
season, season two. Season two. So season that's two when I stopped three, watching. Season two, three, and four weren't great, and five and six, it started started to finally catch up and get good. Hmm. Um, and maybe gonna, check it out again. And they're gonna. Um, I think season six is going to come back after uh, the Walking Dead additional episodes that we're getting now. So hmm. looking forward to that. Um, over on Apple TV, Tom Hiddleston will star opposite Claire Danes in an Apple TV drama series called The Essex Serpent. We've talked about the show before. And I was I was joking yeah. for our local listeners, it's not the Essex Mayor Dundalk in Baltimore. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're expecting if you're ex- ex- expecting that Essex Serpent, you might have to go to the shit plant in Dundalk to find that. <laughs> 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 um, on Apple TV, you're also going to get a um, a show called um, Five Days at Memorial with Vera Farmiga, and it's chronicles- five days at Memorial Stadium, like Baltimore. No. <laughs> well, this one chronicles the first five days in New New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina made landfall. Uh-huh. As you know, that was a very tragic, tragic uh, catastrophe. It was. And, um, you know, we're going to relive that one, of course. Um, also, App- Apple has ordered a half-hour comedy series starring Maya Rudolph that hails from Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard. And it's about a woman who seem- whose seemingly perfect life is upended after her husband leaves her with nothing but $87 billion. Nothing <laughs> but $87 billion? <laughs> what? Uh, not- man, I, man, I don't want to be up- I'm I- like that. That's <laughs> That's, that's life changing. That that's Bill Gates. That 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 fuck. That's um Jeff Bezos' money. My God. Yeah. Christ. Insane. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Over on Showtime, guys, we got the Man Who Fell to Earth, which is on um, which starring uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, so apparently that was on Paramount Plus initially, and that's going to be moved over to Showtime. Hmm. It's a sci-fi series centers on. A geophore plays an alien who arrives on Earth at a turning point in human evolution. Yeah. Wow, pretty deep, pretty, yeah. pretty deep. Um, um, Dakota Fanning has joined the cast of Showtime's Ripley, starring mm. opposite Andrew Scott. Uh, Andrew Scott um, stars as Tom Ripley, um, and let's see, he's a grifter scraping by in early 1960s New York. Mm. And this is an interesting one, and I thought it was eventually going to happen, guys. On Showtime, we're going to get a limited series about the insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, <laughs> who's going to be cast in the QAnon shaman? <laughs> Wait, yeah, I want, well, that role should be mine. You want that role? <laughs> 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 yeah. the bullhorn, painted face, and... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe I thought they were eventually gonna make one, but I didn't think it was gonna happen so soon. But yes, right. it's the the makers of the Comey rule are gonna produce this. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't announced any cast yet, but it's going to examine and explore multiple points of view from the events leading up to the January sixth attack on the US Capitol. Yeah. The Comey rule was really I watched the Comey rule and that I was haven't really seen good. the Comey rule. It was good? really good. Oh, I was on the Comey rule and I didn't see it. I wanted to see it. I didn't get to see it. You worked on the Comey Roll? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I worked on the Comey Roll, too. That's Sean and DC, didn't it? I did one day of background work on it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I was there working, so how do you forget working on it? I guess I did. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess I did too. <laughs> yeah, that stars uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's so. a new show up in uh, Pittsburgh now, too. Did you know about that? I did. I did hear it's called Archive 81. No, no, he's filming no? Rust. No, Rust. Thank you. Film. He's filming Rust. Archive 81 is a completely different show. Okay, right. No. Yeah, Pittsburgh's got a lot of stuff going on, man. It's mm. good stuff. Um, anyone watch The Girlfriend Experience? Um, on Stars uh, season three, mm. will be dropping on May second. Um, racy but very well written and very very good show. Uh, Riley Keough, Elvis's granddaughter, uh, who I love, she's an amazing actress. She, she was a star season one, mm. but um, you can check that out on Stars. And if you're a fan of Outlander, um, it's been renewed for season seven. Wow, wow. that's a long running series mm-hmm. on Stars. And Queen Cersei herself, Lena Headey, will star and executive produce on an AMC show called Beacon 23. Mm. It's a sci-fi psychological thriller. Interesting. Mm. Follows two people whose fates become entangled after they find themselves trapped together at the end of an unknown universe. Interesting. Sounds very dark. Very, very dark. Um um, over on AMC, I guess since we have Big Paul on the line, I know you're a big Walking Dead fan, Paul. Did you catch the yeah. uh, episode last week, last Sunday? Yeah, I did. What do you think? I mean, it started as a slow burn. We got Aaron and we had Father Gabriel on the hunt for some food and supplies for the camp until they reached um, mm. a very creepy-looking building where they found a wild boar and cooked it and they they started drinking all this whiskey and getting drunk and making confessions then all of a sudden we see robert patrick from terminator 2 uh which was i got everything he was amazing in that role and i'm really disappointed i guess i could say james and al you you if 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 it's okay to mention about what happened uh he he sat, his character sadly was killed, but uh man, you got Robert Patrick on The Walking Dead, you're gonna kill him off after one episode. <laughs> yeah. I guess he really only wanted to go, but Probably. man, I tell you that wasn't that some of the most intense scenes you see in The Walking Dead, Paul? When uh, good, Gabriel yeah. and Aaron had that Russian roulette of basically fire the gun, you have a one in six chance of killing yourself or mm. your friend. And they had to do it several times. And each Jeez. time they put their gun to their head, they pulled the trigger and it didn't go off. And both of them, yeah. back and forth. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, holy shit. They didn't even kill one of them, guys. <laughs> wow. It was really, I got my heart racing. That episode got my heart racing. And then, of course, after uh, Robert Patrick's character, whose name is Maze, let, let them go. Father Gabriel, who's not really a man of the cloth, you think about it, takes Aaron's like spike ball arm and bashes him over the head so hmm. we don't get any more robert patrick and of course the craziest thing right paul when you go upstairs and you see robert patrick's brother mace's brother also played by robert patrick has been tied and he's got a long beard and a long long hair like he's very unkept like basically a prisoner <laughs> uh chained to the corner yeah. and uh sadly he takes his own life um, mm-hmm. So we're we're not going to get any Robert Patrick back on the wall. Yeah, Dead twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> Chance Robert Patrick. It's like man. 
Poor I'm guy. gonna have to rewatch The Walking Dead because, like, I was such a huge fan. Well, you know what? It, it, we're going into season eleven. It's the final season, and I'll tell you, Allie, season nine just started getting really good, and now we're on season ten. Mm. They should have brought season, on Angela Dean they, so because much I, sooner. That's exactly why it got good, Allie. As soon as Angela Kang took over and. Gimple went on to do fear. Scott Gimple just like fucked the like those yeah. the last, last couple of seasons. He just well, he made some bad decisions like killing mm-hmm. off Carl. And, that's what, uh, that's yeah. what, like that's usually like, all the other deaths like I, but Carl because like he's he was supposed to go to the end and like it just and you hold him near and dear to your heart. You love Carl and uh, I do and like especially he's such Carl, a huge is that, yeah. The thing of, is that with Carl. He like really thought he was gonna stay. Like some actors that that's, are written that's off, what also pissed me off. Yeah, they're he giving a heads happened. up, you know, or they want to leave. Mm-hmm. Carl like didn't want to leave, you know. He bought so. a house and everything. Bought a house, yeah. <laughs> him over. Yeah, and now he had to move to LA and, and and I guess sell the house that he had, you know, unless mm. he kept it. But uh, yeah, kind of crazy, kind of crazy that that happened, man. So. I mean, so we got um, three more episodes of season 10 of The Walking Dead. Of course, uh, this week, uh, we're going to find out uh, what happened after the stormtroopers got to Princess Ezekiel and Yumiko. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can't wait to see what happens there. And then in the finale, we're going to see the backstory of Negan. Here's Negan. So something to look forward to. Really I'm going to have to catch up. It's got me wanting to, to rewatch the series. I think you... I, you're gonna have to suffer through season seven. And <laughs> so eight. I'm like, should I just like read up like what happened during <laughs> no, those seasons, I mean, or do I like? It's good to get that background. Yeah, it's, I, it's good to get that background, Allie. But then you're gonna be like, I can't wait till season nine. But once season nine starts, yeah, I heard yeah, she like brought the show back. Yeah, Angel Kang brought the yeah. show back for sure. I did see a photo of um, little Herschel, which was so so cute. He have your heart. He's cute, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was great. That was the uh, season ep- season, the first bonus episode we got. That was episode seventeen. Are they gonna do like Magnum. any uh, like is Negan gonna get his own show now too or no? No, I think Negan's done after season eleven. Okay, because yeah, I heard Negan, like because I heard Morgan be is a pretty big star. Point. He's ready to move on. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why. That's the thing. Daryl and Carol don't have anything outside The Walking Dead. That's probably why they're going on to do the spinoff. They're not getting. Uh, they're not the getting movies. They're not getting movie roles. Carol and Daryl. You know that's mm. why they're like, oh, we're staying on Walking Dead. This is the, the money train. You know, well, yeah. Plus, they're Jeffrey like the Morgan. only. Jeffrey Morgan can do any, anything he wants, really. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think that's the main difference. Um, over on AMC, we also have um, Lucy Hale in an AMC series called Ragdoll. Uh, this is very gruesome. It's a six-episode show where six people have been murdered, dismembered, and sewn into a shape of one grotesque body, nicknamed the Ragdoll. That is <laughs> fucking gross and <laughs> very macabre. <laughs> My God. Is Marilyn Manson like the producer of that? I, that you think, like the- right? <laughs> that is so dark. And, I mean, you know, Pretty Little Liars is pretty dark, you know? They're trying to hide the death of somebody. Oh, that show that got show. so cheesy. But it got cheesy, but then this is like takes that to a new level, man. Yeah. It's just wretched, dude. Wretched. <laughs> uh, let's see. Over on BBC, Killing Eve will end 
with season four. So Ooh. very critically acclaimed show, but yeah. I guess all good things do have to come to it. That was a good show. Did you follow that? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you like feel like you feel like season four could could finalize things, or you think it's a show that could go on? Uh, it could go either way. They're just so yeah. talented on that show. It's just you I know they're getting on. a lot of acclaim. You know, yeah, but I guess they are. They're going off on their own uh, accord. I guess the writers have found a way to. That's the thing. If 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 the writers have an ending in mind, yeah, and it's great, stick to the plan, right? You know, the four seasons, yeah. boom, you're done. Yeah, I almost <laughs> think those shows end up being better when they yeah, know a clear yeah. like mm-hmm. way the story's going, a clear way, because you can tell with certain shows that they're just every season coming up with what's going to happen. I I kind of like when they know. Exactly. how they're going to end yeah. the direction they're going. I almost Absolutely. Think it's... Breaking Bad well, only had six seasons. It was supposed to be yeah. five seasons. No. Breaking Bad only had five. Yeah, because Breaking Bad was, that was a very finite story. Yeah. Now, so that that's, I think that's the case for that. So, and I think, I guess Killing Eve is doing, uh, um, you know, doing the right thing with that. Um, yeah. Also on BBC, Paul Bettany, Vision himself, and Claire Foy from The Crown, are going to uh, work together on something called a very British scandal, hmm. um, which is season two of the limited a series, very a very British. English scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Bethany and Foy will play the Duke and Duchess of Argyle, high society couples. Very public divorce was a tabloid sensation of 1960s Britain. Mm. So something to look forward to. I respect both those actors very much. Yeah. So. Great talents. I mean, it's That's fucking nice. vision, guys. Vision. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. Uh, over on CW, we actually have um, a show called Naomi, based on the DC comic comics character of the same name. Uh, Ava DuVernay will be producing that one, mm-hmm. and uh, Casey Walfall will star in the title role as Naomi, a high school student. Um, and she's popular with all the school, uh, all the kids in her school. And um, she eventually um, develops powers from a supernatural event. Um, mm. And I guess these powers, um, I'm not really familiar with the character, but that's how I, she. I don't know much about yeah. that one either. Yeah. Um, definitely one of those more obscure characters, one of those like, newer characters. Um, but, uh, you know. There's going to be a TV show or movie for every comic book property. It seems that that way. I mean, we're getting The Boys. The Boys is based <laughs> on, right. a, on a, a graphic novel from Dynamite Comics. I mean, this is a very that's independent. Yeah, that's really obscure. It's an independent label, guys, you know, and it's and it's on the forefront on Amazon Prime. It's wild. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, even that was a comic book, people forget. That was Image Comics. Image is kind of a bigger label. Dynamite, a little smaller. So yeah, Dynamite, like real small. Exactly. So yeah, Image know, Comics hey, has some good stuff. Image does have some good stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge fan have, of Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. What, what else? Saga what else? and Paper Girls. Saga. Do you want? Do you read those? Yes, I okay. love. I love Saga. Um, is I just Saga going to become a series? I believe it no, is. No, Paper Girls is, and Paper I'm Girls. Okay. a huge fan of those. Um, of Paper Girls, so I'm so excited. Oh, good. Um, okay. For the show. Awesome. Well, so cool. Well, you'll have to be our expert talking about the show. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. review it on BTV. Um, for you Star Trek fans, they're going to do a new uh, Star Trek series called Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Ooh, pretty cool. 
Um, just announced some of the cast. Um, well, of course, we'll get Spock and Captain Pike, which is Anson Mount. Hmm. Um, and also we're getting uh, the new cast. Um, haven't heard of these actors, but Babs Olasmakan, probably butchering that name, <laughs> Christina Chong, Cecilia Rose Gooding, Jess Bush, and Melissa Navia. Um, so they're joining Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romaine uh, on that series. So um, haven't watched any of the new Star Trek stuff. I mean, Mm-mm. maybe because I don't have Paramount Plus, but um, I've uh, loved the movies. I saw, have you watched any of the TV shows? I saw some of it, but the Klingons look weird. The Klingons look weird? Yeah. Yeah. They... In fact, you you almost prefer the old school Klingon look, right? It was a little, mm-hmm. little more. Yeah. They didn't look as not the not the Russian ones, but like the next generation one. I yeah, like. the next generation ones, right? They're a little more. Yeah. They're a little more yeah, uh, old aesthetically pleasing. I mean, you know, they're more aesthetically yes. pleasing. Yeah. I would say so too, man, for sure. Um, let's see over on CBS. They're doing an animated reboot of Everybody Hates Chris. Why? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even that. That was even. It wasn't even that successful of a. I mean, it was somewhat successful of a TV show, but it only yeah. ran like two seasons. Yeah. You know, oh, three. Weird. Okay, two two seasons on UPN, three seasons on CW. Okay, so it yeah. went five seasons, but I don't. That's like, why do we need an animated? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Chris Rock doesn't look that much different, does he? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, really, he I looks was all about the, It was all about the kid, you know, uh, him as a so youth. What's the deal? Right. I mean, the kids might be older, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Over on Peacock, Natasha Leone will be on a mystery series for Peacock from Ryan Johnson, the guy that destroyed Star Wars. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, did you hear about that? Yeah, another movie. Yeah. What is that? I they they gave him another Star Wars movie I heard. I don't know if it's true. I or not. thought the he was off the st- I thought they, they decided they decided he was gonna get a different movie, yes. No, that's what Kenneth uh, said. Well I mean, he, the same he, The thing about him if he stays away from the characters we love and does in a completely original story, maybe I'll be okay with it. It's just when you take the characters we love and you change them so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You make Luke Skywalker this old hermit who says "bad" and just. <laughs> and you can you know, tell, like, he was really disappointed like, in. Oh, Mark Hamill himself hated it. He's a huge fan, like, of. Oh his, yeah. Like this a series himself, Absolutely. and like you could tell he was disappointed Absolutely, with this character. Mm-hmm. Well, so, they I mean, fucked over a lot of like, because like I feel like those characters could have been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But they like John, like they fucked over John Boyega's character and um, right. Rose yeah. Tico. They kind of made her like, I mean, they could have made her character a lot more important. Mm-hmm. And that's why she ended up getting a lot of hate and bullying because they made her such a throwaway character. Mm-hmm. Didn't really give her any importance. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ryan Johnson, go ahead and do Natasha Leone's project, but stay away from star wars yes. if you could yeah. <laughs> uh will forte is going to be in a drama series on peacock called expiration date mm. a dark suburban soap opera okay um about robin who's played by will forte consumed by grief finds a life insurance robin? policy that robin? Is, is it robin from batman 
Well, no, his character's name is Robin. Okay, I was like, you said Robin. I was like, man, that would be really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he finds a life insurance policy that covers suicide. As you know, life insurance typically doesn't cover suicide. So, Mm -hmm. um, provided the individual doesn't carry out the deed within one year. Jesus. So, (laughs) if you're planning to kill yourself a year from now, you can (laughs) have all your... It's it's that could get really fucking dark, man. Yeah, we're talking okay. about a lot of dark things, man. We need to talk about things that put smiles on. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, speaking of Peacock, I know uh, Big Paul, you're excited about the WWE. Um, now it's gonna be uh, the network's gonna be on Peacock now. I heard mm-hmm. about that. Yep. So it's gonna start with the upcoming pay per view that's dropping um, this Sunday. Now is the Fast fiend back with... The fiend will be back. Yeah, they're, they're going to build uh, up. I thought that... he was, but I wasn't sure if they're going to bring him back yet or not, or hold back the WrestleMania. Well, no, he's not going to be back at Fastlane, as you know. Alexa Bliss is planning that gimmick match against Randy Orton. Well, so, I know, but she was planning yeah. that gimmick. No, no, match but match. yeah, yeah, the fiend will be back, and they'll have their big match at WrestleMania. I mean, that they're really piping that one up for sure. So. <laughs> But, you know, WrestleMania with only three matches announced is already already selling tickets at Tampa Bay Bucks Stadium in Tampa. So this will be the first live event, first major live event for the WWE since the pandemic hit, where actually, people can actually buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had other sporting events. You said there's some more tickets for that than the Super Bowl. Is that true? I actually took a look at the tickets online. The pre-sales are pretty much sold out except for single seats. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm talking about like the ticket, like the amount they were allowed to sell. Because during the Super Bowl, they had to cut back because of the COVID. I, the well, it, it, it's still it's still limited capacity, um, so they can't sell out the complete. Stadium. I know they can't sell the complete. But right. I think they sell more than the Super Bowl. If I'm right, right, maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah. So, but yeah, only three matches announced. You know, so far Edge versus Roman Reigns. We have Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title, and then Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, and that, that's pretty much it for uh, the WWE, um, for WrestleMania, that is. So, um, I mean, they're trying to sell this big event with only three matches announced. Uh, I think there's going to be some surprises, to be honest with There's going to be, I mean, obviously, they have two nights of events, you know. Ooh. You know, um, It's a two-night event, WrestleMania, yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday, the 10th of April, and Sunday, the 11th. What's the Canadian situation like? Are they still real strict on people coming to the U.S. or not? Or um, you might want to ask believe, the guest well, that. Are that's, you Brock, that's Brock's problem right now. He's stuck in Canada. That could be an issue. Yeah, maybe that's why Brock hasn't been added to the card. Yeah, um, that's a very possibility. But you know, one thing that for you hip hop fans, uh, for Bad Bunny. Uh, rapper Bad Bunny will be wrestling at WrestleMania and most likely a tag team match. Um, yeah. But they haven't officially announced it yet. But uh, uh, him and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison, which, <laughs> well, you know, you got to have yeah, that celebrity presence at WrestleMania. Tag team. So, yeah. But anyways, I think it's a good time for a classic cut break. And we're also going to say goodbye to our good buddy, the Sith Lord himself, Paul Wallace. <laughs> Paul Wallace. We All right, I'll sign on it. Right, I so might much. lose you any, anyway, but yeah, I, I see you guys. Paul, it was great for, uh, yeah. having you back on BTV to talk uh, some entertainment with us, Scott. Yeah. All right, thank you. All right, Paul, we'll have you back soon, man. Thanks for calling in. All right. 
Drive yeah. safe. Yes. yes. Drive yeah. safely. Yeah. I am. Yeah. All right. All right. I am so glad yeah. nothing happened in Paul's vehicle while he's driving. The <laughs> we are <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> All safe driving, but I think it's a good time for a classic cut break, guys. Mm-hmm. It is St. Patrick's Day as I get my beverage and Mm-mm. wear something a little more green. <laughs> uh, we're going to cut to a classic cut by. An Irish band, right? Awesome. Um, we played, you know, the Cranberries on the show before. Um, I've played Dropkick Murphys, I believe, a year or two ago. So I kind of want to mix it up. I haven't played U2 in a while. I mean, they're like the biggest Irish band, well, biggest band in the world, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them, at least. I mean, yeah. think about one of the few bands that can sell out a stadium mm-hmm. as like a solo, like just one act band, you know. And that's really you too. I mean, there's not many bands that can do that, guys. And uh, probably one of my favorite U2 songs, "Pride in the Name of Love," guys. Mm-hmm. Classic U2 one. song by a great Irish rock band. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, U2 guys. We'll be back right after the classic cut, guys. Yeah, that was you too. Pride in the name of love. And yes, I had to get in the St. Patrick's Day spirits. Wearing my uh, yeah. fighting Aww. Irish shirt. Right. And my green camo jackets. Good stuff. <laughs> I had to get in the holiday spirits. Right. Of course. Um, and of course, got to have some bourbon too, guys. <laughs> it's Bur- actually your birthday, James. So I'm yes. going to have on your behalf, guys. Sure. Happy <laughs> early birthday. Thanks. Happy early birthday. Yeah. I've my got birthday. some my water. Yeah. <laughs> my birthday is the 19th. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah. But you figured, you know, it's coming up because you technically celebrate your birthday the midnight the day before, don't you? Some yeah. People yeah. So. I usually get texts from my brothers around midnight. There you go. Aww. See? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. I was born first thing in the morning, so 1.11 a.m. is oh. when it's officially Wow. Let's see? There you birthday. go. So you know how it is to celebrate a birthday <laughs> later on, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about a um, couple more headlines before we bring on our, our special guest, who's actor Lee Shorten, mm-hmm. Asian-Australian actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking forward to having him on. Yeah. He's got a lot of great projects to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. If you're a fan of Saturday Night Live, upcoming hosts include Daniel Kaluuya and Carrie Mulligan. They're going to make their hosting debuts on Saturday Night Live, April 3rd and April 10th, respectively. Wow. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's amazing. Daniel Kaluuya, great actor. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they always get great hosts and, like, really strong actors. And what's mm-hmm. great about that is, like, these are all skit, skit, sketch comedy kind of things. And these right. are, like, A-list actors doing... Yeah. sketch comedy and it's kind of cool because it's, it's accepted it's almost like a rite of passage yeah for an a-lister to like host a center live and do these things right kind of pretty cool that way mm-hmm. um over on abc you know we're getting a uh, wonder years reboot oh, they just i didn't asked, know about that 
Yeah, they just cast a young boy to play yeah. um, the Kevin Arnold, um, which is, you know, has a little bit of a twist because it's now Black Family. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, his name is E.J. Williams. Elijah E.J. Williams will play Dean, the 12-year-old boy that serves as the center of the show. Mm-hmm. The same uh-huh. that Fred Savage, uh, Fred Savage's Kevin Arnold did in the original Wonder Years. Right. Is it going to be set uh, during, like, the same time period yeah 1968 montgomery alabama awesome oh that'd be really yeah dean is trying to figure out his place within his black family and the world at large yeah okay yeah so that should be pretty cool Mm -hmm. um and if you're a fan of reality tv on abc of course they just uh finished up the bachelor Mm -hmm. matt james uh chose the controversial contestant rachel kirkconnell and we talked about Rachel on the show before, uh, as she was the one that had pictures at an antebellum theme party, um, uh, and, and you know got some controversy. Obviously, Matt yeah. James was the first Black Bachelor. That's Did crazy that he. Yeah, and of course, um, they their didn't last. So. Mm-hmm. And I think we have our our special guest. Uh, we welcome our special guest on Below the Belt show. He is a great actor who has so many great credits. Um, and uh, the Terror Infamy on AMC, or one of them, Man in the High Castle, Van Helsing, Supernatural, a lot of CW shows, too. Um, that's kind of rite of passage for Canadian actors, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> the one and only Lee Shorten. Lee, good to have you on Below the Belt. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's good to talk to you guys. Absolutely, yeah. Lee. And... Um, I think it's great to have you on because I got to say, I think this is, this is the year for Asian actors, man. I'm telling you, this is the year for Asian actors because we have our first Oscar nominated actor in Steven Yoon uh, for his role in Minari in the 93 years that the, there've been an Oscars. We got our, finally a first Asian nominated actor and, uh, should and not uh, have taken that long. Yeah. No. It should not yes. have taken that long. So to see actors, you know, like yourself, you know, making waves in Hollywood and the film and television industry is just brings me a lot of joy as an ethnic actor myself. So my hat's off wow. to you, Lee. I think that's great. Yes, thanks. We appreciate your support. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Did you, how did you react when you heard about Steven Yoon uh, becoming the first Asian actor to be nominated for Oscar in 93 years? Yeah, man. I, like, I, I was, I was stoked. Um, it's like that combination of I just like stoked. It, like a second to be like, wait, on, the first one in ninety three years. It is, it is kind of crazy. But like, yeah. a, I've been a fan of Steven for a long time. I mean, I think like, obviously he was really good at Walking Dead. But even after, that, so many smart movies and so many smart choices. Like, he was phenomenal in Burning. So to see someone like Steven, who is also a really nice guy, like to get this, it, it's like. You can't really describe what it means to me. Yeah, and That's of course, awesome. yeah, and of course, with you as well. I I, I think it's amazing. Uh, now I, I I had to watch some terror before having you on. I watched uh, the first two episodes, and I love love the first episode because you're introduced. Your character's introduced to us in a brothel of all places, <laughs> which I think <laughs> you're celebrating a bachelor party, right? And you're playing the character of Walt. And um, you know you're, inter- you're introduced uh, to um, 
Chester, um, um, the uh, the lead in in, in uh, the terror. And um, I was curious. They didn't show they didn't show you pick your girl. I was wondering who who did Walt pick. <laughs> <laughs> We actually did shoot that though. Like we go to the top of the stairs, and 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 there were like, you know, the girls were there, and we did actually shoot me picking one and going to the room, but I, you know, didn't make the cut. But uh, it was like it's such an awkward thing because, like, and again, no judgment, but but I've never been to a brothel myself. Yeah. Um, no you know, you have. <laughs> obviously, you are. You meet the, the we met the five girls on the day and um and and the director is just like just pick whoever you want and it's like well it's kind of awkward because you know for them too they were kind of like hoping that you would pick them because they're hoping then they get some screens they have more featured yeah. Yeah. yeah but they didn't even make the cut anyway but spoiler i did pick the the most ethnic looking girl actually oh so, there you go okay <laughs> Well, there you go. Was that kind of on a personal choice or just? Uh... Uh, to be honest, it was like a technical thing because she was the furthest on the right. So it was the easiest for camera. Oh, there you go. Mm. Okay. That's a good way of justifying it. I love it. <laughs> how, overall, how did you love your experience uh, working on that project? I mean, I mean, you got George Takei. I mean, he's a Star Trek icon, you know, and uh, you're working in such amazing cast. And the first episode my god gave me chills from the opening scene with the japanese hair um thing went oh my god straight in the ear i was like cringing watching that scene knowing that would be just a horrible way to die (laughs) those things go to the brain you know (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean i can say i'm glad that you were cringing at at the show because it's a good kind of cringing but um yeah yeah man exactly it was a crazy experience for me, too, because obviously George and then the first Asian character I had ever seen on television ever as a kid was the Shredder from the from the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Hmm. So then James Saito, who played the Shredder, was playing my dad on the terror. So that was also yes, that's amazing. So there's like two childhood icons on the show. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> Whoa. It's nice to kind of pick their brain and hear their stories and. And kind of learn from them because they're you know they're the OGs have been around for forever. That's mm-hmm. that's right. Wow, that's a good point. You mentioned that. That's awesome. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. Who doesn't remember that, man? <laughs> that is classic. And you had like an eight episode run on that on that season. So that, I that, did. That, yeah, that that's fantastic, man. So it's an anthology series. So the third season will probably have a completely different storyline from a, maybe a different. You know, it could be really anything, really, but. But just to focus on, you know, that period, uh, that time period was for, for you and and focusing on and the Japanese aspect of it was really cool. Um, how did you enjoy? Like, first of all, I, I thought the accuracy of, of the costuming was, was on point and like and, and just transporting us to a time period um, just was so, so, so poignant, so good in the series. It was really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that like again, hats off to our production design team and you know wardrobe and everyone because they do a lot of research and they do their best and it really it makes your job as an actor so much easier when you walk onto a set that looks so real and everyone's dressed like it does like fifty percent for you. Um, and like the the 
craziest thing about our show, I think, was because uh, we shot in Canada. And uh, but they I didn't know until we shot the show, the Canadian government interned Japanese Canadians during the war as well. And mm. a lot of the locations we shot in were historically used during that period. So like in that episode two, where we were at that, uh, the racetrack, the horse stalls. Yeah, they were actual horse stalls where they interned Japanese Canadians in the war. And wow. our, our, our first AD, his parents had been interned there. So, mm. like, wow. a lot of the times, set was, like, a very kind of, like, emotional place. Mm. Wow. Um, so your character, I guess, um, being uh, Australian, but, but being Asian ethnicity, um, do, you, do you, your roles tend to go more of the Asian, from Asian countries versus maybe a character that not could be designated any ethnicity for that matter? Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the bulk of my roles have been, like, Asian-specific roles, uh, I think. For, for I guess because a lot of them are period pieces, too. Like, even on Ben Helsing, I, you know, it was, like, a weird sort of semi-flashback episode. So, like, uh, yeah, so I, I tend to do a lot of period pieces for some reason. I, I guess I have that kind of face, whatever that means. <laughs> Is that a challenge being Australian, I guess, and trying to, to, to do the accents? Is as 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 whatever Asian um, ethnicity you're portraying, um, it, it can it can be. But I sort of you know in the early days, someone had said to me, "You should probably learn all these accents because you're going to be oh. asked to do." It. So I, I I had I had um, gone out of my way a little bit to try and to work on them. And, and you know, like if you if you talk to like a native speaker, my my proficiency varies. From depending on which Asian country it's from, but uh, right, uh, I try. Which what? Which one are you most proficient in? I would say which Japanese. In Japanese, okay, very nice. Okay, very cool. Um, I think that's amazing. I mean, and, and every Australian actor is so good at turning off their Australian accent. And and for American for American actors, if they go the other route, I think it's more of a challenge for American actors, but. Uh, Oh, I can't do it. You know what I think it is? <laughs> I, I was like, because, uh, you know, learning American, I think, A, because Australians grow up watching a combination of British TV and American TV. So we're a bit like familiar with the accent. And then I realized Australians, I think, have all the sounds that that comprise the American accent and the British accent. Americans and, and British, they, they, they don't both have an overlap in all the sounds. Mm-hmm. So when they're learning accents, they've got to like, adapt their mouth and their tongue in it. Oh, interesting. Wow. Again, it seems like there's a lot of challenges, of course, doing the Asian accents, doing the American accents. But have you been, have you done any roles with your Australian accent? Not professionally. Oh, right. actually, on a cartoon. I played a kangaroo on, on a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> you, that's kind of, a, it's kind of intriguing, right? You haven't been asked to use your Australian accent uh, in any professional project. You know, I think it's that thing of like, you know, you always want to serve the story. And so if, if, if you're like in a show and suddenly this random character doesn't have an American accent, the audience is kind of trained, I think, to be like, that's weird. What's up with that? That guy must be important. What is the deal with, with that guy? So then if, if you're not going to be that important, then I think it detracts from the story. Mm-hmm. 
that that's my kind of take on it. Love it. I love it, man. Awesome. Tell us about working on Man in the High Castle. We've had a couple actors uh, from Man in the High Castle. I think it was one of the most underrated um, dramas um, on Amazon, or in general, really, because it didn't really get didn't get any um, like award contention, which I think it was deserving some award contention. Um, but tell us about your experience working on that set, because again, that's a very I mean, just the production design on that set is amazing. I mean, we're talking about a fantasy, his, a, a historical fantasy set. If the Japanese and the Germans won the World War and it influenced the United States, and I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant story. But how was your experience on that set? Uh, well, yeah, first, thank you. Yeah, I, like I'm very proud of that show, and and, and I, I think it was pretty underrated too. Because I'm biased as hell, but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was that was like my first kind of big gig, you know, like my first rec- recurring ongoing thing. It was it was it was crazy because I'm a huge Philip K. Dick fan, and, and you know I've, I've been a big Ridley Scott fan for a long time too. So so there was like it, it was uh, it meant a lot to me too. I, I gotta say, like I've always been very lucky because every job I've had, I've kind of been paired with like an older Asian actor. Like on, on that show, I was with Joel. And, and every time they have been the most like generous, gracious professionals you could come across. And they really kind of very patient and, and would like teach me things and take me under their wing. So, and you don't always get that, you know, and sometimes, right. you know, just because in a CW show, no disrespect, it's like all the cast is like 20 and they're all kind of like, they don't have that, that experience. And right. That, that show was amazing. Welcome for sure. Very That's long. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So since you have that CW experience, you you can definitely uh, you can definitely vouch for that for sure. Because Supernatural being one of them, right? I mean, that's being a a CW show, which you know most CW shows are very formulaic, right? They're very very focused on on younger cast. Yeah. Although again, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like maybe it was that time in my life. That- I was like, again, all my scenes were with Mark Shepard, who's an older actor who was very generous and very <laughs> And when I did Arrow, it was with like Michael Emerson, who is an older actor. Like, I think I just okay. went through a phase where it's like, this guy is the sidekick. He <laughs> needs to be the sidekick for like every guy there is. <laughs> <laughs> How was your experience on Supernatural? I mean, this is the longest running CW show, I think, right? 15 yeah. seasons? It's yeah, finally just, finally coming to an end, and you you got to appear in a handful of episodes. Uh, uh, are you sad to see it go, or do you feel that fifteen years was was a good time to bail out? I, I mean, like fifteen years is a, is a long time, but like their fans are, are so good. They're such a passionate fan base. And yeah, they're very like What what I actually was surprised because I mean, like I think. My first episode was like season 10. So they've already been going for a long time. Right. But it was so like in the best possible way, kind of shocking to me when I got the set, because although it was like a well-oiled machine, like probably like the smoothest set I've ever been on. Right. They were still like having a lot of fun and still trying new things. Like it was, it was like, I could see why it ran for so long because they weren't jaded and, and, and like over it and they weren't just punching the clock. So it, it was nice. And that was a that was a funny gig 
again because like it was only supposed to be one episode and then it was kind of like i just kept getting promoted it was like i was minion number two and then i was minion number one and then i was like the leader demon yes (laughs) (laughs) to go from a minion to a leader is Mm -hmm. it's quite an arc Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) for sure Absolutely, man. Um, of course, Van Helsing, another another very popular show. I think you alluded to one of your characters. Uh, Ma- and you're a master Tui? 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 How do you pronounce Tui. it? Tui. Yeah, yes, that's your suit. <laughs> How was your experience on Van Helsing? It was good. Um, I was like... Uh, it, it was an interesting one in that way. And again, I had a lot of fun. and We got to do a lot of stunts, which was the first time I'd really got to do that. But they were like, uh, they were determined to like not make this guy a stereotypical Kung Fu master. So it was like interesting to try and find that. And how do we, how do we do, how do we do what we need to do? Because he is a Kung Fu master, but not make him cut out Kung Fu master. But, <laughs> What is your martial arts background? Do you do you feel as an Asian actor, who's Australian but still an Asian actor, uh, gets put into roles that may require some martial arts? Totally. Um, look, I, I did a bit of ta- uh, Taekwondo when I was a kid, and that was about it. And then I box a little as well. But I, you know, I, I'm unpopular opinion, but like I. I think the challenge facing Asian actors is we're often expected to know martial arts. It's just like, oh, if you're going to even audition for this role, you have to know martial arts. Hmm. Whereas I think our, our white counterparts, that's not the case. They'll get the role and then they will train them. Like right. Tom Hardy, you know, Chris Evans didn't really fight before Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like they, they, will, they will just focus on the acting and then they'll get the guy and then they'll be like, here's six months to train and prep and, and we'll, we'll let you do the thing. Whereas for us, that's definitely not the case. They're like, do you fight? Oh, you, if you don't fight, then you can't even read for this show. Oh, jeez, so, Wow. Not be like that. It's like fighting yeah, first and acting, right? Yeah. It should be acting first then fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, every project's different, but yeah, I think, I think we should just be afforded the same like time and resources that, that everyone else mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. Well, how do you think it's been for Asian actors overall? Do you think that we're getting an improvement or you think there still needs more representation? I mean, there's no there's no denying it's better, like 100 percent better. Like you, you you look around totally like, again, like Stephen Ewan is, is up for, is up for um, an Oscar, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, I feel like we're at the middle stage now, which is which is good, but like it's still like every time you're an Asian character, even though we've we've moved a little bit beyond stereotype, now it's like your Asianness is integral to the story or integral to the character. You're not just a person. It's like that is the narrative reason for you to exist is your Asianness. Hmm. Whereas I think I want to get to the next level, which is where I think like black actors are at. It's incidental. It informs who they are, but it's not their reason for existing in the story. Like, Denzel can just be Denzel, right? Mm-hmm. But even Yuan can't really just be Stephen Yuan. And John Cho, except for maybe Searching, can't just be John Cho. They've they got to be, like, very Asian somehow. They, they fight. They speak another language. They're yeah. immigrants. 
You know, it's it's, it's like, and again, it's, except it's for Harold and Kumar, <laughs> he broke some stereos, stereotypes of Harold and Kumar. Though I'll give John shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a stoner? What Asian plays a stoner? I thought that was breaking ground. That was good. <laughs> we need to see, we need to Alex. see Asian characters like so many different kinds of people. Like I hate that. Like you always see. Asian actors or Asian characters in certain roles and it shouldn't and that's why representation is so important because we need to see these char- like so many different types of characters um, and I'm hoping that's what we'll start to see as as time moves forward yeah. and we get to that next level I know it took 93 years to get that uh best Oscar now so Yeesh. you know but Parasite hey you know Parasite was all over the uh, Oscars uh you know last year so you know, you know, it's a, yeah, we're moving in the right direction. We're not quite there yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, moving in the right direction for, for actors of color that, that have been underrepresented for sure, for sure. Oh. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more, Ali, about your di- directorial efforts, your experience um, from behind the camera. You've done a, a couple indies that have won uh, film festivals, um, Vancouver Asian Film Festival. You had a directorial debut for Jadobe, or however you pronounce that. <laughs> uh, and um, The Chattening, uh, which um, won you Best Director in the 48-Hour Film Fest in 2019. Talk to us a little about um, your work uh, behind the camera and and how you became interested in doing that side. And, uh, and if, yeah, if you could talk us through that, that'd be awesome. Damn, you guys, you guys really done your homework, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got to thank Ashley Buck. She's amazing. She provides me all the, the good highlights and notes. I, I love uh, Ashley I Buck. Um, well, you know, um, I was never one of those guys who wanted to be an actor since I was a kid. Um, I just had always liked film. And then I went to law school when I, when I graduated school because that was like the thing to do. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you have to go to med school or you have to go to law school. Or, yes. You know, Especially with Asian parents, right? They they yeah. want you to pursue that that career that that you know that you'll do well. It's not a risk, right? Totally. My family. So I did film studies as my undergrad because I I just love film. Like I was that guy who like watched the DVD director's commentary and like you know like in all the interviews and the behind the scenes. Like I just love film. And so I weirdly I always thought that I would be a director rather than an actor. But then. Uh, you know, I was a lawyer for a few years, very unhappy, and I was like, I'm going to change careers. And, wow. and my lawyer brain, which seemed smart at the time, but totally doesn't make any sense now in the business, was like, well, listen, man, the thing is, if there's a movie, there's like one director, but there's like 50 actors in it. So you should be an actor because it's like easier to, to get into than directing, which is like not necessarily true. But the, my whole you know, I acted for a few years, but the directing thing really came out of like wanting to put my friends in. There were like a lot of my friends who also, you know, black or Latina or Asian, and they weren't getting the roles that I felt like they could like actually do. You know, right? They weren't getting to show what what they're really capable of. So I just really wanted to start telling stories to showcase my friends. Really. Wow, that that's pretty awesome. But mm-hmm. before. But I want to pivot back to the law, the law school thing, because it's interesting that that being a lawyer, going through all that education, law school for that matter, um, and then you know, completely following a creative path from it. Um, 
was there any hesitation because you know you put all this effort and time into studying law and getting a law degree and passing the bar um any hesitation to jump forward to acting and leave the law and leaving that behind or is this one of those things that you can still come back to if you want to yeah that was the thing i think i was i was like i was up for this really big promotion um I had a long-term girlfriend, and like you know, we were talking about like getting a house and, and doing all the things. And then I was like, if I do this, that's like that's it. Like I could see my whole life, you know, just laid out before me. And I was like, so I think this is the this is the last chance to just take a shot at something else. And then if that doesn't pan out, I mean, yeah, you know, my law degree is not going anywhere. I can come back and maybe pick up the pieces. Probably not my poor girlfriend because, you know, and luckily, you know, she's, she's wonderful. She's moved on and she's happily married now. But um, I, I didn't really hesitate. No, like it's probably stupid, but yeah. Okay. No, no, that's not stupid at all. Look at Dr. Mm-hmm. Ken Jung. Dr. Yeah. Ken Jung from the Hangover Fairies on The Mass Singer now. I mean, he's incredible. He's a medical doctor. Yeah. And, and, Started to do a stand-up comedy and broke into movies and television. I mean, you know, I you know, you gotta follow your heart sometimes. And then Ken's become very successful. At it. You become successful. You're a working yeah. actor. You know, not a lot of people can say working actor, and that that's what's great. I mean, I think that's just great that you've uh, you've been able to do that um, because great accomplishment. Because a lot of actors, myself included, we still need to do other things. You know, to 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 make make those ends meet but uh you know it's an accomplishment lee i'm yeah very 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 happy for you and it's paid off yeah that's awesome man very very cool um so 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 you have a couple of independent films that went into um so you, you talked about you're alluding to just putting friends in films but is this something you want to revisit on on the higher production level as being a director or or you think your focus should be right now on the, on the acting opportunity presented itself um like yeah i I really like directing and um and it's something i would do like i i have you know last year a lot of us were uh in in lockdown still are in lockdown and i I did a lot of writing i wrote a couple of features um but you know how it is funding funding is tough Right. <laughs> yeah, James is our resident filmmaker here. He can attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> funding is always a challenge, right? When always. Yeah, and especially like I, you know, my my features have like black and Asian leads, and so getting financing sometimes that is even harder because yeah. there's like no there's no bankable stars. Mm. Like maybe there will be now. We have Stephen, but like. He can't do everything, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's 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 great hearing that. Ali, you you're about to say something. And you've got uh, a few projects that um with like Swan Song. When is are you starting with Aquafina? And Ooh. can you tell us anything about um, Swan Song? Um, not too much, unfortunately, because I think that's almost like. MCU level NDA and mm. Ben and Apple will come to my house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing cast, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're working with Glenn Close, Marshall Ali. Hello. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't in your bio, though. Thank you, Allie, for bringing that film up. That was great. <laughs> yeah. but this, this film was not in your bio that you're publishing. Probably, maybe, maybe actually, because we can't talk a lot about it. Maybe. Okay. Uh, that was that was another one. Like, honestly, I got to set, and I was – it was like that moment you look around, and Mahershal is there, and Glenn Close is there, and you're literally like, am I – Am I actually supposed to be here? Like, is this, wow. is this right? It's great right. feeling, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, pinch me. Am I dreaming? Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Can you say talk about anything about your character? I, I don't think so. Okay. That's quite <laughs> all right. Well, we know it's a sci-fi. It's a drama sci-fi. I know how sci-fi is. You know, I mean, if you're working for Lucasfilm, yeah, you, you kind of have to sign your life away. And I'm sure if it's on that level of sci-fi. Um, is there a sci-fi film that is kind of inspired by Swan Song, maybe? That kind of I mean, has I, some of the notes of it? I think I can, like, it's... I, this might seem really weird. Um, but it was funny because when I met with the director to talk about this role, I brought this up and he was like, no, totally. And I was like, oh, I was like, kind of shocked. Like, imagine Ex Machina, but instead of kind of like a tense psychological thriller, it's almost like a love story instead. Oh. So I know that seems really weird, but best way I can describe it. I love that. Yeah. I know when in... Because I saw it says 2021. Um, do you know when the film is going to be released or there's going to be more about it? When are we getting a trailer? <laughs> yeah. We read in February. And, I mean, you know, you know sci-fi, there's a lot of, like, post-production. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I'm fortunate, I don't know. But I'd be surprised if it was out, like, anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. We'll definitely have to be on the lookout for that one. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, look, I um, like me being in it aside. Like the script is beautiful. The director Ben Cleary. You can check out his short, which won an Oscar, called The Stutterer, and it is like an incredibly beautiful short. And I think that would give the film like the tone of the film. And Herschel is like, like obviously he's a next level actor, but then on this, I think it's like again, it's like a side of him allowed to see yet and i think it's like really you got me really intrigued lee <laughs> i'm so intrigued but I, I'm, I'm reading here on imdb that uh, apple tv is the distributors this is something we'll see on apple tv are we allowed to yeah. say that okay yeah, good totally. all right yeah they're getting um apple tvs they're coming up with some big projects so this is very very exciting you must have been so thrilled i mean that would that could that be your biggest um, gig to date? This one song? Uh, yeah, I th yeah, easily. E yeah, easily. Wow, amazing, amazing. You actually also have something that just dropped on FXX, the nine films about technology. Yeah, um, what yeah. can you tell us about that project? I know that's a kind of like standalone up ep standalone episodes on how mobile devices and technology have changed our lives, pretty much, right? Yeah. It's um, I I, I kind of describe it as if Black Mirror was just a comic, and I don't mean like just in like a like a you know, disparaging way, but it doesn't you know kind of have that, you know Black Mirror is again like kind of psychological. It's got a mm -hmm. lot of like, uh, like 
icky feeling about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just like a look at technology uh, in a humorous way. Um, and uh, it's, it's another one where the director, writer, um, he did a short film called Five Films About Technology, and it played mm-hmm. Tiff and then FX were like, hey, you should, we should give you some money and you should like expand upon this. Hmm. And it's kind of weird, like the timing is so weird because I think I can spoil it because I, I guess it's dropped it, now. It dropped last week, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, in my episode, I, I'm married, it's my wedding, and this video plays of my wife being like super racist. Huh. And, and which, which no one knew about. And then the film, the, the episode's like a lot about us kind of reconciling that at, at a wedding. And it just feels like with everything going on this week, such a such a strange time to be dropping that episode in maybe a good way or maybe a bad way. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. When you say things going on this week, are, are we alluding to the headline news about the six or seven Asian women that were, were killed? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, and there's just been a lot of attacks on the Asian elders too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Uh, wow. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think that it's really appalling. Of course, they're calling it now due to his sex addiction because he frequented those places. But when you see things like that as an, as an Asian actor and, and, and someone that's a role model, of course, for, for actors and, and people that are trying to get into the entertainment industry that are Asian, um, when you see when you see things like that, I mean, how do you react to something like that? How do you how do you wrap your head around something like that? It's just so appalling. Uh, yeah, of course. It's, um, I mean, honestly, my first thought is with with the victims, friends, and families, um, which 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 I think often get kind of left out in the whole narrative that builds up around you know everything else, and then. I mean, I'm sure you understand too. Like, yeah, it's in the headlines this week, but we're talking about years and years of of this kind of thing existing. Everything mm-hmm. just happens to a particular point, you know, to enter the zeitgeist this week. So, I mean, a lot of the time, I just feel very sad and angry. But it's I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because we're talking cultural change and I don't, I don't even know how that really happens aside from time you know like yeah, yeah I, I, like again it's crazy to think you know the Chinese exclusion act wasn't really that long ago the Japanese internment camps weren't that long ago Jim Crow slavery mm-hmm. like women not being able to vote like, like, I think people like technology has, has been made our lives move at such a rapid pace so sometimes i think maybe it's it's easy to forget that the social economic and cultural changes actually are very very fresh mm-hmm. might get a new iphone but all that other stuff is so new has never been really dealt with I agree. right and i think that's this the series nine films about technology speaks volumes and there's a lot of lessons learned on, on how how impactful technology will be, especially 
for your episode, Lee. But um, Lee, wow, we we thank you so much, man. This is a great mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. Uh, thanks for talking to us and uh, giving us some time to talk with us here on Below the Belt Show. Um, we always like to wrap uh, a little promo. Let us know who you are. Throw out whatever you'd like, you know, the terror, swan song, if you can. And you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Throw out a catchphrase, plug, whatever you want at the end. And, um, yeah, that'd be great. So whenever you're ready. Hi, I'm Lee Shorten. I'm an uh, actor. You might know me from Man in the High Castle or Supernatural or The Terror. Uh, you can catch me on this week's episode of Cape on FX and pretty soon in Apple's movie starring Herschel Ali, Swan Song. And uh, this has been the Below the Belt Show. And thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yes! Yes. And you're amazing, Lee. Yes, you are. You're our hero <laughs> for, for all us ethnic actors, myself and Ali included. We look up to people like you, man. No, well, <laughs> I'm, again, I'm sorry this got so heavy. I feel bad. I think it's bad. No. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. It was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for being a part of our show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was great hey, talking guys. with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, you too. Okay. Have a good night. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right. Actor Lee Shorten, guys. Wow. What a tremendous, tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, Swan Song Alley. Wow. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that one up. <laughs> I that thought was I was like not, looking at the cast. I was yeah, like, whoa. Yeah, because like, I don't think Swan Song was in our, our bio notes, but uh, really? I don't yeah, think it was. Got, yeah, uh, but so but many like big so actors. So many. Glenn Close, Marshall Ali, mm-hmm. Aquafina. Oh, there's a little bit of a. This is when a loving husband and father is diagnosed with a terminal in, illness. He's presented with a controversial alternative solution to replace himself with a carbon copy clone. Ah. There's uh, where the, very interesting. There's where uh, X Machina and the love story comes mm-hmm. comes out. Oh, yes. Amazing. It has yeah. to do with AI, and AI is a fascinating, guys. Mm-hmm. But speaking of love story, before Lee jo- had joined us, I just was talking about The Bachelor on ABC. Oh, and- Al. Yes. Um, do you did you ever work with Maggie? Um, I I know a few uh, Maggies. She did um, acting, modeling, but she was, I had no, I was like on her Instagram and I knew she was one of the contestants on, uh, on The Bachelor. Oh. And I had no idea she was doing The Bachelor. I was like, oh, she's so sweet. Wait, um, what, what season is she in? This one. Uh, she's one of the contestants. Wait um, a minute. We need to get uh, Maggie on the show. <laughs> Do you her, have a contact? <laughs> uh, I still, I'm still friends with her on Facebook and Instagram, but she's a sweetheart. Um hmm. But yeah, I was like on her, I came across her, okay, her story and I was like, oh my gosh, you're on, because I haven't watched The Bachelor in forever, but I was so excited yeah. for her. Like, she's such hmm. a sweetheart. Maggie is one of the contestants from The Bachelor. Hold on, let mm-hmm. me, um, let me pull up her bio. So yes, yes, Maggie, she's um from South Africa, right? Or so from, she's from Africa originally, correct? She has an accent? Yes. Yeah, she, I can't remember. She's a pharmacist from Ethiopia. Came, yes. Yes. She's from Ethiopia. Yeah, this is her, yeah? I, can't, I don't know if you can see that. Yes, that's okay. her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't and know she's... because I first worked with her back in 2012, um, some of Jill's projects. Um, oh, I worked oh, with wow. her, yeah. Oh, she's great. She's, she's, mm-hmm. uh, where, is she, where is she based? Uh, she's, I think, like, all the projects I worked with her was, like, D.C., 
Maryland, but I'm not DC? sure. I can't remember where. Okay. She. Yeah, um, where Maggie, exactly? She was local. Yeah, Maggie made it mm-hmm. so, somewhat for, farther in the in the process, but um, th- this this season, and it'll be interesting to have her on um, eventually. But uh, yeah, it was really interesting because number one was the first back, Black Bachelor. That's crazy that it's taken this long for again. Yeah, see, <laughs> first first Asian actor nominated for an Oscar, first Black Bachelor. Um, and James, you, I mean, you can you can chime in because you're you're, yeah. you're married to an African American woman, and yes, I am. You know, yeah. and 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 a lot of this is so overdue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. It just 1967 was the loving that made it possible for me to legally marry my wife. So right. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think like what um what he was saying in the interview, like people forget how like people think that all this stuff is like oh it's like racism has miraculously gone yeah. away, but like so many things like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Well. Th- this is the point I was going going to prior to Lee coming on the show, but um, so he chose Rachel Kirkconnell. Kirk, Rachel got in trouble, well, got in some controversy because her sorority did some kind of antebellum theme party, mm-hmm. and antebellum has some 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 controversial <laughs> undertones because it's right. antebellum means before war, and of course, if you're talking about before the Civil War, that's when slavery was. Mm-hmm. was around and and the fact you're having a party celebrating the theme antebellum even though people like to defend it and say no it's just about the old south not necessarily but it really means before war you know mm-hmm. um and the girl that matt picked had photos at that party mm-hmm. and of course you know apologize and all that stuff but when they had the little reunion on the show Matt said she had to work on some things and she agreed and they admitted mm. on the show that they were no longer together. Yeah. I mean, mm. he picked her uh, to be the, you know, his choice. Right. Didn't, didn't propose to her because he, he felt like he wasn't ready to, to, to put the ring on her, mm-hmm. you know, because he didn't want to rush into a marriage, which is acceptable because his father had left his mom at a young age. So he's going on that emotion. But, um, you know, and it also caused the host of The Bachelor, Chris Harrison, because he's kind of defending Rachel, mm-hmm. to, to walk off the show for a little while. And then they brought in um, a guest host to do the um, After the Final Rose special. His yeah. name is Manuel Acho. So he actually hosted the reunion show where it was all revealed. And, you know, mm. but, um, you know. You know, it was an intriguing season for sure. They actually also revealed the um, the next Bachelorette. Um, next Bachelorettes, there's going to be two of them, two different seasons. Mm-hmm. Michelle Young, who was Matt's final, other final two, and who everyone thought would have been perfect for Matt, but he didn't pick her. And then Katie. Katie's a girl that brought a vibrator on her <laughs> first episode appearance. Literally brought a vibrator. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of get a reaction to her. <laughs> well, yeah, that would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last Sunday, speaking of controversy, we saw the Grammys and they did the WAP performance. Yep. Yeah. Megan yeah. Stallion, Cardi B, which, 
you know, it's crazy because they're canceling things left and right. They're pa- canceling Pepe Le Pew mm-hmm. for being a skunk that just wants to get it on with his black cat. They mm-hmm. cancel him. But yet we're getting this very racy, very sexy, very explicit performance. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for that. But for an animated skunk, uh, <laughs> it's not okay to have an animated skunk that loves other black cats. <laughs> but uh you know i mean that was a big controversy but well i think I, it's a little more aggressive he's a little too aggressive and it's the okay is no it, thing yeah. oh okay okay yeah. yeah 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 that's more where it's headed okay so he's, he's too per, uh, pursuant of the cat okay yeah he doesn't no means no kind of thing is okay what, yeah okay i, I yeah. see you're going with that and you know it's funny you mentioned that because didn't kermit the frog like turned down Miss Piggy so many times, and Miss true. Piggy was always like very persistent on trying. Very, you know? yeah, that's true. So I think the same should apply to Miss Piggy if we want to be fair, you know. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the Grammys, you know, it was hosted by Trevor Noah. I tuned in because I'm, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a musical aficionado, so I did tune in, you know. And it was, you know, instead of completely virtual, which was the case with the Golden Globes, they did have in-person performances and they had an audience which were just the nominees only mm. so it gave it more of an awards field because the yeah. golden globes is just watching like a really fancy zoom call you know it, it, wasn't. it wasn't really yeah it didn't really yeah. have anything special about it but with the grammys they had performances yeah like um across from the um the staples center and then they had some indoor performances mm-hmm. where some of the nominees were seated at tables they had masks on mm-hmm. but then they had you know they didn't really have an outside audience you know like they normally do right um so they kept it safe you know but um you know they they had did so, had some historic moments you know beyonce mm-hmm. um actually broke the record for the most grammy wins mm-hmm. of all time wow so that the history was definitely uh, made for Beyonce. I think she tied for one of the Grammys she picked up. Right, yeah. Yep, and then she just won yeah. another Grammy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Quincy Jones. Um, that ah. She, uh-huh. she broke the record for. Um, so that, that was really, a, really a, quite the accomplishment. But some great performance. I mean, of course, in addition to the WAP performance, we also got... <laughs> Billie Eilish, and one of my new favorites is Dua Lipa. Love her. Mm-hmm. Smoking. Um, Love her performance. Um, Harry Styles with the Watermelon Sugar. Um, mm. Yeah, which is a very catchy song for this mm-hmm. very fun catchy. song. Very uh, summary. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taylor Swift uh, performed a medley of her songs from folklore. Mm. Um, so, all in all, very, very. Um, um, very fun show to watch. I mean, uh, I didn't watch it. I'll have to. Yeah, yeah. See if I can find it. Some of the highlights were good, but yeah, I like yeah. lifetime total for Beyonce twenty eight mm-hmm. Grammys is amazing. Um, you know, Taylor Swift won for album of the year for folklore. Mm. Um, just uh, to name a few, song of the year was I Can't Breathe by Durrance and Meal. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, which was pretty much very yeah. hot song right. all about um, all about the uh, the tragedy that was uh, George Floyd. George, thank you, George yeah. Floyd. 
Tragedy was George Floyd over the summer that's sparked uh, outrage all over the country. Um, yeah. Um, best new artist Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. Watermelon Sugar uh, was the be- best pop solo performance. Yeah. Um, so, um, all in all, pretty good. Um, you know, pretty fun award show. Um, and. Uh, you know, I mean, speaking of controversy, I know we um we we have talked about um Army Hammer and mm-hmm. you know, he he's got a lot of heat. Yeah. The newest um, news on on Army Hammer is that a woman named um, Effie and did not disclose her full name. Her name's Effie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, actually hired Gloria Allred to represent her. Gloria mm-hmm. Allred rep- represents a lot of women. Um. And this is a sexual assault case mm-hmm. um, that was just opened. And uh, she described a, about Army violently uh, raping her for f- over four hours in Los Angeles. Jeez. It's awful. Yeah. And there have uh, been a lot of women who've come forward about. Yeah, Army Hammer, the latest mm-hmm. uh, in the Me Too movement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, yeah, like slammed her head against the wall, resu- resulting in bruises to her face, committed other acts of violence against her. That she did not consent to. Um, you know, usually when it's one, okay, it could be a he said, she said issue. But then right. we get multiple. We get multiple. Yeah. That's when it's like, okay, yeah, there's something clearly, clearly wrong here. Right. Um, well, you know, I don't want to add any more sad things, but we do have some rest in pieces to announce. Um mm. For uh, people that watched Homicide Life on the Street, which was a staple in Baltimore, it's a procedural mm. show. Before The Wire was Homicide. Yafet Koto was the the police lieutenant on that show. Mm. He played Al Jardello. Um, he was also in the movie Alien. And, yeah, okay. The uh, supervillain Live and Let Die had passed away at the age of 81. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Yafet Koto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Darrow is the first Hispanic actor to play Zorro on television. And starred in the series The High Chaparral, had died at the age of 87. Mm. And Cliff Simon, who played villain Balal on Stargate SG-1, um, sadly died in a kite boarding accident. Wow. Gosh. Very, very sad. Um, But, you know, with death, we celebrate life Mm. um, here on Below the Belt Show. Uh, For those celebrating a birthday and uh, (laughs) for some, since it's the St. Patty's Day show, yeah. Um, so St. Patrick's birthdays who celebrated yesterday include Patrick Duffy, mm-hmm. 72, uh, Kurt Russell, who's 70 today, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Sinise, 66, Rob Lowe, um, Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins, um, Rob Kardashians of the Kardashians is 34, <laughs> Finn from Star Wars, John Boyega is 29. And that's the St. Patrick's Day birthdays. Mm-hmm. And then today on March 18th, Jeffrey Owens, who kind of made headlines because he was kind of cyber bullied for working at a Trader Joe's, you know, and oh, yeah. that he fell on hard times. And then, right. and then Tyler Perry offered him a role on his show. Mm-hmm. So he kind of made a comeback. So yeah. talk about the comeback king, right? Jeffrey right. Owens, happy birthday at 60 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa Williams uh, is 58. Queen Latifah, 51. Dane Cook, 49. Sutton Foster, um, the actress from Younger, who's um, 
is 46. That that's uh, their final season. Of Younger is coming up on. Uh, I think it's the seventh and final season of Younger. Adam Levine of Maroon Five is 42. Adam Polly of the Mini Projects 39. And one of my favorite actresses, and I know one of your favorite actresses too, Allie Dash. Whose birthday is it today, Allie? You oh, know is, it, is. is it Lily Collins? Oh, it is her. Lily Collins. I love. I love Lily Collins. I love. Her I should have. Oh, I, I think I did know her birthday was. <laughs> I forgot it was her birthday today. Oh. And also on a personal note, my cousin Rob. Happy birthday, Rob. Happy birthday. Happy birth, early birthday to James. <laughs> happy birthday. And of course, last but not least, yeah. happy birthday, James Burbrick. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yes. You know, I'm James Patrick Burbrick, by the way. So, so you, got, you got a little bit of St. Patrick in you then. Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, I'm a quarter Irish. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. So, well, I am drinking on your behalf. So All right. <laughs> Thank you. Guys, it was an incredible show, guys. Yeah. Top to bottom. Um, yeah. Of course, before we wrap, we always like to throw out last-minute plugs. Yeah. Plugs, Ali Dash, anything that promotes? Um, I need to start. I need to start going after stuff again. I mainly just been doing um, voiceover. Um, lots of auditions. So, mm-hmm. Lots of auditions and submitting. I need to do that again. Um, the voiceover has been fun, uh, but I definitely miss, like actually going in and acting and definitely need to put myself out there more again. I think this pandemic just like has made me such a hermit because I was working so much. And then like, I've just all of us hermits, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm just really looking forward to just, just get, you know, obviously I'm getting back on set again. It's starting to pick up, but yeah, there was a time when there was nothing shooting for a while. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad we're at the point now that production's, Starting yeah. to get busy, mm-hmm. and especially here in the DMV, there's some stuff popping up. Yeah. Richmond's got some shows. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's got some shows. Baltimore's getting um, a, a limited series from the creator of The Wire, Dave Simon. Um, so that's coming up. Um, so yeah, some things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Patrick Berwick. Yes. What else uh, you got? For uh, well, I'm re. Uh, well, I'm starting up uh, indie chat for. We'll be coming out into this month again, so I'll be bringing back, interview more people, trying to get in a few more episodes than I did last year. I did 12 or 11 or 12 last year. I'm trying to get up to about that 20 mark. I can't keep up with you doing every week for 10 years with your. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> yeah. Holy shit! There's a lot of fatigue going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually I'm, looking for a gig on purpose that'll put me away for a while, right. so I can actually take a break from the podcast. <laughs> but I need that. I need a reason to either vacation or have right. that long-term project. Yeah. But that's the reason why I keep being here every week. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just be at home anyway. So what's You're right? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah. please continue. Uh, um, got the finally getting back into production myself in the summertime and in the fall, and yes. then yeah, with the the two films I'm doing, and then I'm writing a lot and getting those done. And I'm, I had a book I've been trying to get finished. It's based on my script, and I've converted it over into a young adult book now. It's be roughly 90 to 100 pages, and I'll have that out hopefully in a couple of months or so once everything awesome. goes through. Yeah. Cool. Any websites or Oh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find IndieChat, or you can see I've been 
I'll be getting back into the short films again and putting those on YouTube all the time. Just James Burbrick. You can find me on Facebook as well. And oh. Instagram. Yeah. And yours truly. I have an episode of Indie Chat. Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. You're the first and only on location Indie Chat. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> right. We did that at WMBC Studios. Yeah. And look, we're not look we're on location now anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, know. I actually love the like doing it this way. I think it's really cool being able to see like actually see the call-in guest versus right. like being over the phone. I love status. it. We do miss everybody. That's why if we get the best of both worlds, we'll do occasional socials and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that would be fun. But um, I am one of two vaccines away. So yeah. awesome. I can't yeah. wait to be able to get mine. So, yeah. so we can finally uh, be together and right. social graces without having to be super conscientious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll get back to some normalcy. Light at the end of the tunnel, guys. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's been an incredible show from top to bottom. Yes. Like, of course, the amazing panel, mm-hmm. the wonderful voice actress extraordinaire and great mom, the adorable one, uh-huh. Allie Dash, <laughs> filmmaker <Thanks>. extraordinaire, <laughs> the one and only writer, producer, <laughs> editor. <laughs> Uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> director, actor. I said director. Oh, actor as well. Yes, actor yeah. as well. Yeah. James Burberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Al Soto, guys. And happy birthday, James, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> like to thank, of course, amazing guest that we had. Mm-hmm. Lee Shorten. Uh, catch him um, actually on the Terror Infancy. Um, it's no longer available on AMC On Demand. You can actually catch it on Hulu now. Or oh, on Amazon Video, cool. uh, but so. not included in Prime, oh. but you can catch it on Hulu. And, of course, wow, Swan Song. Wow, that's a big project for him yeah. coming out. And a th- thank, of co- thank you, of course, to Big Paul, a.k.a. Yeah. the Sith Lord, Darth Paul Wallace, for joining <laughs> us mm-hmm. on the road, our first um, mobile co-host. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good to have his... His uh, insight at the beginning part of the program, guys. It's been a great show from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I'd like to end with a guilty pleasure who uh, actually uh, won best pop album at the Grammys, and that's Dua Lipa. <laughs> Such a big fan of, of Dua, and uh, this is her single, Physical, to close out tonight's show. It's a great track. Um, it's, a, it's the best pop album for a reason it's it's very infectious very uh very well produced mm-hmm. um she's quite the performer um and yeah big fan of dua lipa so closing out tonight's show physical by dua lipa guys mm-hmm. on behalf of everybody here we'll see you guys next week until then peace, peace. common love isn't for us we created something phenomenal don't you Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.